Hey, what's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Bushwhacked from 1995, directed by Greg Beeman. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor. I thought this was Marv McGraw. Welcome to the Dumpster. We run and dance and sing and play? My mom kind of wrote the words. Well, I suck! Kind of is Marv. I mean, it's totally fucking Marv. I told you guys. I, I also I read this was conceived as a Home Alone spinoff, and so a lot of his mannerisms are there because that's what was intended, and then I guess something changed. Let me fucking tell you, <laughs> this is a this is a sequel to Chud and a prequel to Home Alone. Okay, all right, you got to explain the Chud thing because I don't get that at all. Okay, all right. It's an in-joke thing. I'm sure people who have seen Chud in Home Alone maybe have made this correlation. I know that fucking... I know Sean knows, because I fucking talk about it all the time. <laughs> well, I think we actually talked about it on our Home Alone 4 episode during uh, Trashing Through the Snow. Yeah. So, at the end of Chud... Okay, so Daniel Stern and John Hurd are in Chud. Oh, man. Okay? I, I, did, I haven't seen Chud in a long enough time to not remember that at all. Oh. It's kind of ripe for this show, I'm not going to lie. We just haven't really cracked that uh shell open yeah maybe maybe soon i have better memories of chud too and i don't remember liking it that much i was gonna say maybe bud the chud <laughs> so yeah so so john hurd and daniel stern are both in chud and they're both in home alone so the idea there is that chud is a prequel to home alone because john hurd saved new york city from the chuds and then like went on to be like some famous whatever you know, had a family with Catherine O'Hare and had Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> and that's how we have Home Alone. But Daniel Stern, everybody thought he was dead because he sacrificed himself, but he didn't really die, okay? And then he teams, he finds Joe Pesci after Joe Pesci gets fucking thrown out of the super. Right. And then they team up. Steals that guy's car. They steal that guy's car, and then they fucking become the wet bandits. And then that is your Home Alone. That, that's Home Alone. Okay. So this film takes place between Chud and Home Alone. Not... Uh, theatrically, but chronologically. <laughs> so is this is this Home Alone zero or is this Home Alone five six? What, 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 what number are we zero. on? <laughs> Home Alone year one. Yeah. <laughs> Home Alone <laughs> begins. I almost yeah. I like to think of it as if uh, it's Marv after he got out of jail and he's you know he's taken up a different name. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. And he's kind of tried to reform, but he just he you know he can't get that Marv bug out of him. He just fought the Chuds. He you know you know in him in his mind he's dead. So yeah, you got a point. So he starts a new fucking life as Marv as Marv. Uh, what the fuck's his last name? Marv Kravinsky. <laughs> no, I meant like in Home Alone. I know it's Harry Lime and Marv whatever. So the Rev starts a fucking new life because he's he hit that fucking old life died and now he's Marv Marv Kravinsky. Or Max Grabinski. Mad Marv Grabinski. Mad Max, apparently. Or Mad Marvigan. <laughs> oh, God. Never, ever, ever give Daniel Stern black root, okay? Well, you just turned into a giant piece of hair. Put him in a fucking cage on the side of the road. So, this is one of those films we just kind of got to get into, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because the plot's like two sentences. Like, it's, it doesn't really have a complicated story. It's very straightforward. Um, and even though, even though it's 90 minutes, it feels like it's about 45 it doesn't feel long or drawn out at all. 
But, uh, yeah, basically, Daniel Stern is, I guess he's like a shyster or a con man or something. He's not really, he, he doesn't, he's not very trustworthy, it seems. Not not necessarily. He's just kind of, he's just kind of like a, a, a schleppy guy, really. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a jerk. Um, he, he's, he's a, f- he's a fucking delivery man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a delivery man who kind of has, like, he, he's, he's a cheapskate, um, and the opening kind of establishes that, but he gets framed for murder, and then has to go to to clear his name. Has to go to this mountain, Devil's Peak. There's a cabin up there with a package. Um, and along the way, he gets he stumbles into being a fake scoutmaster. And then Daniel Stern falls up and down a mountain for 45 minutes. This is basically Whitewater Summer <laughs> with Daniel Stern. Oh my God! Whitewater Summer when yeah, Kevin Bacon yeah, yeah, takes yeah. fucking Sean Astin on the trip and fucking is a real douchebag and like breaks his leg. This is basically that with Daniel Stern. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, and like this movie came out. Uh, let's see, '95. So I was nine years old yep. i remember seeing a few trailers and a poster for it and then i hit a certain age and this movie from my mind i never thought about it again until like last week <laughs> oh man i used to watch this all the time as a kid and the only memory or, or, or like image i can conjure up is daniel stern stretched out on those two cliff sides i always remember the trailer more than everything oh yeah I, and you could see the scenes that were shot directly for the trailer in this film that they just decided, ah, fuck it, use it anyway. I feel like that. those, those are like all the funniest parts, too, easy. Oh, yeah. Before we get into this, though, I just want to have, make a quick note about this director, <laughs> okay, Mr. Okay. Uh, Greg Beeman. Uh, you know... Is he, that a fake name? Is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't think it is, but... Uh, okay. I, I read about this guy, and uh, he, he did a few films, and then uh, was relegated to uh, Disney Channel original movies the rest of his career. Ooh. He directed one film in particular, uh, strange pseudo-reference to Howard the Duck. Uh, he, he directed Mom and Dad Saved the World, starring uh, Jeffrey Jones. Oh. <laughs> the titular villain of Howard the Duck. I kind of liked I kind of liked that movie. Yeah, me too. But, uh... John Lovitz is the bad guy? You know, well, Howard the Duck and, and Mom and Dad Saved the World, I do enjoy both of them for different reasons, but Jeffrey Jones... Just, just stop. I know. And he, he was a director, co-executive producer, and executive producer on the show that won't leave me the fuck alone, which is Smallville. Ugh. Yeah, he fucking directed like eighteen episodes. He, he's been involved with a hundred and five. Man, I'm good on that. You know, I look at Smallville like. <laughs> I look at Smallville like I look at Gotham. Like I just don't fucking need it. I don't need it. Here's how much. Here's how much that show won't leave me alone. We joked about it for a long time, and then Alan spun off and did the Smallville Chronicles, where they go through and start reviewing Smallville from episode one until they're done. Why? With it. I don't know. Go away. You gotta watch a bunch of people that like got into a sex cult. Like, what are you doing? I I I told Alan I was like, congratulations, you picked a show that was on for ten years to review chronologically. I hope you enjoyed that. And then they didn't give the guy the fucking Superman job when they made the movie. Yeah, fuck that guy. He only did it for 10 years. 10 years, no payoff. Oh, man. At least Gotham's going to have a fucking payoff. There's already a Batman, that fucking show. Um, and a, and a Dick and a Dick Cheney-looking Joker. But anyway, that's regardless. Yeah, well, yeah you know, that's Gotham fucking. They, they looked at Smallville and said, hey, we could do that better. We can make that worse. You know what? I got an idea. Let's put all the fucking villains in this stupid fucking show, even though Batman's old, as old, or they are older than. Oh, man. They're all significantly older. He's like 10 when the show starts. Anyway. Yeah, fucking stupid. Yeah, he's as old as the fucking, uh, you know, the scouts in the movie we're about to talk about. I think some of the scouts in this movie are a little more threatening than the kid they picked for young Bruce Wayne in Gotham. I think some of the scouts in this movie were from that movie Heavyweights. <gasps> That's where I fucking recognize some of these kids from. Yeah. Well... 
<laughs> well, we'll get to it. There's one kid in particular that has a, a direct MDU uh, connection. So I pop this on, and I'm like, Bushwhack, yeah, I remember that shit. That'll be funny. I can't wait to I can't wait to watch this. And then the fucking Bee Gees come flooding out of my television speakers and I'm fucking already dying. You don't even get a chance to like adjust your popcorn and soda before the fucking Bee Gees kick your door in and just start hitting you with funk. Like there is it the screen is black when it kicks in. Right before you don't even see any titles yet. The fucking song jacks up. Yeah, the song jacks up and then the fucking titles come in and then fucking Daniel Stern is just fucking ski bopping down the fucking street and I'm dying. This intro is fucking amazing and just one other quick note that i did forget to mention uh apparently the farley brothers got unwritten you know uncredited written roles for this film wait where are they the uncredited script rewrite according to imdb holy shit really you think they were the people who came in and after it was i guess conceptualized the home alone spinoff and they and like can you turn this into something else i i guess because apparently like a producer I, I didn't write the name down but one of their producers that's heavily involved with them was the producer or was a producer on this film Anyway, this film gets really dark at some points, but we'll get to that. It, it got to the point where I didn't know what rating it actually was. Yeah, because it's weird. Oh, he's walking down the street to the fucking Bee Gees, <laughs> and he goes, he pops into the like this fucking uh, grocery store, or what have you, this bodega, and uh, he's like, ah, I'll get a snowball, uh, two stacks of smokes, and a big gulp, and he comes out with this like small <laughs> drink, and I'm thinking, holy fuck. We've probably gotten fat in the last 20 years. <laughs> he wears a jumbo shake. I love the idea that a big gulp is now a time capsule where you look at a movie and go, wow, that's small. Yeah. I always think of Dumb and Dumber. Wait, what about Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, see you later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he's fucking shoving this snowball in his mouth with a fucking cigarette between his fingers, fucking sucking down this Coca-Cola. <laughs> walking down the street. And he's got, like, his fucking, his jeans are, like, pulled up to the point where, like, you can see his socks and his ridiculous shoes, and he's got his, this, this big, like, he is walking as someone would walk if the Bee Gees were playing in their ears. Like, he's dressed as Marv if Marv went to Studio 54. That's what he looks like. <laughs> right. And he lived in California. So he doesn't have a yes. long trench coat. He's got a real tight kind of like just... Uh... It is a very disco-y uh, looking jacket. Yeah. I also laugh because as soon as I laid eyes on him, like I looked, at, I kind of looked back as a big mirror behind me because every time I grow my hair back from shaving it, it does something different. Uh, now I guess we'll just call it Marving because it's just growing. It's just it's just growing up and out, and like my hairline's getting worse and worse. I'm like, oh, so am I just gonna look forward to like this this poofy cloud hair for the rest of my life that this dude's walking around with in this movie? Great. I mean, it's either that or it's Larry Fine, Connor. I mean, take your pick. Or I go the the route of Bruce Willis and The Rock and shave my head, and people go, "When did you go bald?" And I'll go, "You'll never know." <laughs> But uh, I love it when he uh, he's, he goes again in this bus, like, during this whole montage of stuff. And uh, he, oh, yeah. he, instead of walking on the front, he waits for an old woman to get off the middle, the exit door towards the middle, uh, and then sneaks on the bus. And I laugh because I'm a experienced bus taker in this city. And if you get on the bus like that, here's what will happen. Someone from the back of the bus will go, yo, he didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> also, the driver isn't just going to let you sit on the steps while you smoke a cigarette in the bus. <laughs> Hey, man, the 90s were fucking crazy. In my experience, they won't move. They'll stop the bus and wait for you to get off. They won't get up and do anything about it, but then nobody else is going anywhere. Also, by the way, like, the credits are going over this montage. There's fucking four writers to this film? Ugh. Four. And you said the the Farley brothers are uncredited, and there's four other writers to this film. Yeah, so I don't know what the fuck they did or did not do, but... Uh... <laughs> Pass from writer to writer in a desperate attempt. Jesus Christ. Um... That's a that's a lot of ideas being thrown around. Um, 
Especially if two guys also come in afterwards and take the the work of four writers and go, what the fuck do we do with this? Yeah, that fucking American Wealth in Paris all over again. Except this one actually <laughs> lands. Oh, oh, I had successfully pushed that movie out of my brain. Um, but he, yeah, we he, he's the delivery driver, so we kind of follow him in this long montage of him being kind of douchey. At some point, he takes the wrapper to his food and just shoves it in a kid's backpack. <laughs> I missed that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He finishes, like, his snowball or his hot dog or something, and then, like, a kid walks by him, <laughs> and he looks right past him, and this kid's backpack is open just a little bit, and he just shoves his garbage wrist-deep into this kid's backpack. Oh, I love it. I'll tell you something. Fucking Daniel Stern is doing something with his face or his hands this entire film. Yes. He's very um, Jim Carrey rubber face, where it's just everything has to be, like, kind of an exaggerated, like, where he's just he's reacting to something. That's a fucking deep cut, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he's a delivery driver, I suppose, for this, uh, this kind of FedEx-y knockoff-looking company. He's a delivery man in Seattle for this company that delivers everything on exactly when you schedule it to be delivered. Yeah, and I get, like, we don't really spend a lot of time with his whole delivery company thing, because he walks in, and, uh, and he's like, Hey, why do you always go to this address all the time? And fucking, he's just like, why do you gotta ask questions? Well, here's the thing, like, I thought, I thought he was like, uh... A criminal, straight up. Like, I remember him being like, yeah, he's a fucking criminal, but, like, he was, you know, on the lam for something else. That was the vibe I was getting. I'm like, is he, like, is he on the inside? Like, is he, is he, is he, is he an informant? Is he an associate? Like, he seems really shady, like, right up front, because it's like, hey, why do you keep going to the same address with a package at the same time, like, every few days? He's like, don't worry about it. He's just a greaseball, though. <laughs> yeah, he's just a moron. He's not a fucking, he's not a fucking criminal yet. He's just an asshole. That's all it is, yeah. <laughs> He's just a guy that's like, hey, you know, do this super legal thing and I'll give you, like, this chump change. He's like, eh, all right. It, it buys me my snowballs and my Coke. Fucking, the amount of money that he performs this for is ludicrous. Even the kids in the film at one point are like, you're an idiot. I know. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, this is like a hot fucking gig for you, man. <laughs> I guess it's going to change your life. Yeah, what what did he say? Doesn't he say later on he gets like, someone's like, here's 50 bucks, and he's like, hot diggity dog. <laughs> yeah, per package. Well, that's the whole thing. We'll get to that, though. So he goes in, and he's talking He's talking to his boss, and he's like, God damn it, Grabowski, you got to fucking deliver this package, 10 a.m. sharp, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'll fucking deliver you after I take care of some business. And I'm like, what business is he taking care of? And then I'm like, oh, okay, like, right. He's like a he's like a criminal, right? He's going to do some bad shit, like some shady shit, and then go drop this package off. Nope, just going to do his actual job and then drop it off. I'll deliver this after I go shoot a guy walking his dog. So then the film just, like, so you think, you think he's going to, like, go do something shady, and it just cuts to this fucking mansion, and it's 10 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, like, oh, I thought he meant 10 in the morning. <laughs> Right? I was like, why is that guy so worried? <laughs> he's got all day. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, he's like, God damn it, you gotta make sure this is there, 10 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why are you even showing up to work right now? It's still light out. It's, it's lunchtime, boss. How'd you calm down? Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking 8 in the morning. Stark daylight. How about you settle down? Take a seat. Well, I think the implication there is he has a bunch of other packages he has to deliver, and he's like fucking off just to make sure this one gets there on time. Oh. Because he's gonna get that big tip. Yeah, oh, fuck me, dude. Then he rolls up to this mansion, and he goes to knock on the door, and he's trying to, you know, he's got to drop off the package at 10 o'clock sharp, so he's there at 10 o'clock at night sharp. So he walks up, 
And uh, he's knocking on the door, and he's like, he's like, oh, Mister Worcester, what, what the fuck's his name? Mister Bragdon. Bragdon. Bra- is it Reinhardt Bragdon or is it Bragdon Reinhardt? Reinhardt Bragdon. Either way, that is a deplorable name. Sounds like a fucking Bond villain. Mm-hmm, Reinhardt Bragdon. I'm not evil at all. Pet my cat. Got a laser in the basement. <laughs> well, and then I saw who this was, and I'm like, oh shit. Oh my god, I fucking I forgot, and I was like, oh, it reminded me of something else. We'll get there. So he goes in. The fucking door is like open for whatever reason. Yeah, he just walks in. He just fucking waltzes in the place, and he's like, ah. He walks in, and starts eating his dude's mints. <laughs> he sticks his hand in the hard candy, and starts pocketing it. Yeah, he's eating his fancy candy. He's such a cheap asshole. I kind of love it. Like, ah, uh, it's so good because he's just like a scumbag, but he's not a bad guy. You know? He's a lovable jerk. He would keep your change if you sent him to the store. Like, that kind of jerk. <laughs> yeah, but he'd get your stuff for you. Oh, yeah, he would bring your stuff back. Be like, do you have any change? He's like, oh, no, uh, there's no change. Yeah, exactly. He's the guy, you know, he puts fucking tape on his hands and sticks his fucking hand in, like, donation cups and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, the type of guy that would just, like, stick a rag in a drain and turn the faucet on and just leave it like that. He's the type of guy who would steal a scarf from an ice skater. It's the kind of guy who punched out of Santa Claus. The kind of guy he is. It's the kind of guy who would step in a nail and not get tetanus. It's the kind of guy who's not as scared of the dark, but is. Who can also survive a heinous electrocution. His durability will come up later on. Um, so he's sitting there and he's like, hmm, smells good in here. What's cooking? As he's sitting there just like, <laughs> what's cooking? Open mouth chewing these fucking hard, these hard candies. I'm like, you're supposed to suck on those, you sadist. What's cooking fucking killed yeah, what, me. What's cooking? The house is cooking. <laughs> And he goes over to the store, and it's just like, there's like smoke billowing out of the door. I, I know, I felt like this happened so suddenly, I felt like I was missing information. I'm like, you just got here, and it, he opens the door, it's like, and it's fucking backdraft. He's like, oh, there's a fire! I'm like, <laughs> how did you not know the building was on fire? <laughs> and then fucking, so, so he's there, and he's like, oh my god, the fucking, the mansion's on fire. And he just closes the doors. <laughs> He's like, well, I close the door. The fire's gone. And then fucking Manelli from Blank Man jumps in and says, FBI! (laughs) Manelli! When these fucking FBI... Let me tell you something. This fucking guy is like, "Eh, the whole movie is like, "Eh, FBI, stop, don't do that. John Polito, by the way. Uh, He's like the fucking fat fish that's playing the saxophone in Little Mermaid. He's in a ton of shit. He's like the the guy that uh, Lebowski like the, the hires to stalk the other Lebowski. Yes, he's fucking Manelli and Blank Man. He's in a, he's in a, he's in a ton of stuff. He talks in the exact same tone and and in everything and uh, uh, effect that Tom Waits sings. Uh, and that he probably wakes up and just swallows a wire brush. He's he's doing shots of fucking whiskey with nails in it. Um, he's all he's also in Chud. He's in Chud. Just looked up his. his See, filmography. I'm telling you, <laughs> fucking MDU man. Is he really? <laughs> he's a newscaster. <laughs> And then John Hurd took some photographs of a fucking underground dweller. But yeah, he's fucking just bolts in this door and nearly falls over. And he's like, FBI, blah. So he's just fucking farting all over the place. And he's like, FBI, stop or whatever. And he's got some like crony with him and some other like FBI guy. And he's like, stop. Oh, this is F- this. I fucking hate this guy. This guy might as well have been Kaminsky's cousin. Like he was like, stop it. This fucking Judge Reinhold looking motherfucker, man. <laughs> he's like, yes, we're FBI. Stop you or whatever you know they, they got their guns on him and they're like you lit the fire you killed reinhard bragdon and he's like me not me and he fucking the other guy like falls into the fat guy and like his gun goes flying and then like daniel stern grabs it and like picks it up and like goes to you know he points it out them and they're like hey relax uh you don't want to you don't want to do that you're making a mistake or whatever's 
and then fucking Daniel Stern just jumps out a fucking window? The second story window of this mansion. Oh, man, it was glorious. Let me tell you something. His guts would be hanging on the glass. He, he would be dead. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even jump through it box first. He just runs through the fucking door um, and just kind of falls over the balcony. It's like, if the fall didn't kill you, you'd be bleeding all over the fucking place. <sighs> it is It is such a fucking homelone thing. Oh, it's a hilarious shot, too, because he comes fucking flying out of it like it's the Avengers or some shit. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's also the fact that every time he was in peril in this movie for some reason every time daniel stern like corpses or he's sent flying like it's his fucking long ass legs that got me rolling every time he's just all limbs yeah he's just a lanky dude and he's constantly yelling oh, oh, oh. yeah doing them doing the fucking marv scream he looks like those things you attach through windows and just let him fucking fall down like <laughs> You get out of the fucking egg machine, the 25 cent egg machine? Yes, those fucking rubber toys. Yeah. So he goes launching out this fucking window and lands on the package because he's still holding it. And it fucking explodes and there's just money all over the place. He doesn't take any of it. No. No, he doesn't take any of it. And he just runs away. I guess he thinks because the FBI is watching him and he doesn't want to be any more shit. Again, like, I don't think that... Okay, so like... Daniel Stern's character isn't a criminal. Right, right. He's just a scumbag. Like he, yeah. So it actually does make sense because he's probably just super freaked out. Like, oh fuck, what did I get into? And if I got fucking, if if the fucking mansion's on fire and the FBI are pointing guns at me, like I'm not taking shit. I guess is his mentality. Right, right. But by the way, like I just gotta come back to this window again. He falls out the two the two story window like onto the pavement onto his back. <laughs> oh yeah, and he just gets up. He's like, oh, it's a good thing I survived those all the catters with the McAllister kid or. I- <laughs> I, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to take this. No, that didn't happen yet, Connor. Oh, that's right. It's Sorry, it's placed in the timeline. It's confusing. But he, like, doesn't get back on his work truck. He just runs down the street. Yeah, he leaves his truck there? I I don't know. Maybe it was blocked in by the FBI. I'm not totally sure. They, they, they make zero effort trying to go after him. Not only that, he's, like, dressed in his fucking Saturday Night Fever getup, not his yeah. delivery suit. I, I guess he doesn't have, like, a... a, a he doesn't have one? But a character later has one. He had it on when he was in the fucking, uh, when he was in like headquarters or, uh, you know, the corporate. He was. Oh, did he? I didn't even process that. Yeah. I feel like he's some dude who walks into work with his fucking disco jacket on, like chewing gum and like bobbing his head forward the whole time. People are like, put your uniform on. He's like, you put your uniform on. Just walks away from him. Oh, he's like wearing the shirt, but like unbuttoned <laughs> with like a leather jacket on top of it and a fucking gold necklace. Yeah. Oh, God. I already hate him. What's, what's cooking, fellas? How does he figure out, I'm sorry, how that he has to go to Devil's Peak? He, uh, he he basically runs all night, I suppose, until it's morning, and he's at a bar, and, he, yeah. and he's calling his boss. He's like, Marty, Marty, oh, they, they think I killed somebody, and he's like, ah, oh, what the hell? It's all over the news, Max. Oh, that's right, and yeah, that's right, because he's like, uh, he's he's like, he's like, oh, something about Reinhard Bragdon or Bragdon Reinhard or or, or Brickman Rodman, right? Because he's asking about the package if there's any there with that name. Yeah, and uh, he's like, who is this guy? He's like, that's the guy I killed out loud in a bar. <laughs> yeah. He's on the, cause of the phone, he's, this boss speaks to tell me, he's like, yeah, the news says you fr- you killed a guy. He's like, I didn't kill the guy. And he's like, oh, you did. And he's like, no, <laughs> give me the address. So he writes it down on a, on a fucking Lapaz fucking postcard. What, does everybody go to this fucking place? Oh, yeah. And you know you know what? He sends it to Coolio, and Coolio reads it aloud, <laughs> and a fucking tear rolls down his eye. But he didn't mail it out yet, so he pockets it, and he's got the fucking address in his pocket. And then a fucking uh, a, a rip in time and space opens up, and this postcard lands in Howard the Duck's living room. <laughs> It's Daniel Baldwin instead of Daniel Stern. 
Yeah, and because it's universal displacement, like they both get turned into ducks on the on the photograph. And like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. Going by Howard the Duck standards, there is a duck planet that is strictly Daniel Baldwin ducks. Sure. <laughs> wow. Holy fuck. There's infinite universes and infinite possibilities, so sure, there's a duck planet that's also nothing but Daniel Baldwin ducks. Planet Marv. I kind of want to go there. It's just it's just people running, just pratfalling everywhere. No one can stand up for more than ten seconds. <laughs> Getting hit with paint cans and all kinds of fucking shit. <laughs> Rick and Morty, put it, make an episode out of it. Anyway, so yeah, he's he uh, asks about a package, and the package is going to Devil's Peak, right? This package is for R- R- Bragdon Reinhardt. Right, right. Okay. So the magic number in this movie is ten. <laughs> ten p.m. 10 packages. Oh, that's right, because he, he was the, the deal he made with this dude was he's going to deliver 10 packages at 10 p.m. for a limited amount of time, right? And then he was supposed to get paid for each one. Well, there's 10 total packages at 10 p.m. and 10 a.m., and then the last package contains $10 million. <laughs> so it's like, what, <laughs> what the fuck are we trying to do here? A lot of round numbers. Got to make it easy for the guy. You know, they were just thinking, you know, this Max guy, he's kind of a moron, so if we just give him, like, an easy number to remember, he'll get it to us on time. Just go with 10. He's a, he's an idiot. He's got a, he's got a skull as thick as bricks. He's like, what, what time do I drop it off? 8? No, no, Max, 10. 10. Uh, each finger. Count each finger on both hands. Oh. Well, go grab a bite to eat and come back about 10 o'clock. What is it? He's, he's, fucking, he's fucking King Arthur from Monty Python. He just can't do 10. It's just... Keep saying five. Eight, nine, five. The holy hand grenade. So after he hangs up with his boss and finds out the address for uh, Reinhardt, he looks at the television and then like on a broadcast, it's, what is this guy's name? I'm just going to call him the fat man. Oh, I, I just wrote Manelli down every time, but his name's Agent Palmer. Okay, so Agent Palmer's on the fucking television with fucking that other, with Judge Reinhold, and he's like, he's like, Mad Max Lebowski is a fucking, or Gabelski is a fucking madman. He's armed and dangerous. You watch out for him. We got a manhunt going, and he's like, oh, shit. And then, uh... Judge Reinhold's like, yeah, he killed fucking Reinhard Bragdon, and look, you know, we had to identify him by his teeth, you know, because he was so fucked up, and he's like, oh, shit, and then he fucking runs out of the bar. Um, he steals someone's car, yes, or he tries to? We're introduced to the Boy Scout troop first. Well, they're not Boy Scouts, they're not Boy Scouts, Joe, they're Ranger Scouts, because they don't want to get sued. Oh, excuse me, yes. Don't want to get sued, but we're going to be progressive in about five minutes. Um, I do like this shot because it looks like they're, uh, they're, they're, it's, it's this close-up shot and it's these kids scaling rocks, it seems like, um, and then, uh, one of them is like, oh, this is like time I scaled Kilimanjaro. (laughs) That's the kid from fucking Heavyweights, man. Oh, yeah, Barnhill. He's the one that fucking wears glasses and the fucking, um, the beret and he's like voguing on the dance floor. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Their fucking pseudo leader, Gordy. He was Ben from uh, Big Bully. Fucking uh, yes. Rick Moranis's kid. The bully was like beating on Kirby. Yeah, I thought he looked familiar too. But then again, like all these kids, like at some point, if I looked him at the right angle, I'm like, is that JTT? No, it's not him. Because it's the '90s, and you can it, you can be forgiven for thinking that he was in something. So they're they're scaling this uh, quote unquote rock face, and uh, it pans out, and they're just crawling up a driveway that's got like stone in it yeah the fucking camera's like tilted sideways so it looks like they're fucking vertical yeah and it pans out and they're just crawling up a driveway and there's this like little kid and it tries to go like hey can i play and they're like no we're practicing and he's like you guys are stupid and just pedals away <laughs> bye 
fucking mom pulls up on her station wagon. Yeah, mom is also apparently the uh, the 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 troop leader or something like that. Yeah, what are, what are she, they called? Scout mo- scout mother? Oh, this mother, by the way. I know I keep I keep coming with all the fucking IMDb facts, but I had a little extra time to look this shit up today. Uh, she. If she looks familiar, have you seen Heredity? Yeah. She is Rose in Heredity, the woman that, uh, without giving it away for people that haven't seen it, that, you know, kind of befriends the mom in that movie. Oh, whoa. God, are you serious? Oh, yeah. The creepy the creepy old lady that was friends with her mother? Well, I was trying not to uh, give it away, but yeah. Whatever. Watch the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, watch Hereditary, for everybody, please. It's fun. But yeah, she plays Rose in Heredity. This is a spoiler podcast, by the way. <laughs> we tell you everything that happens in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Guys, uh, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. I don't know if anybody's told you guys. Well, I mean, comparing a Star Wars <laughs> to a movie that came out last year is a little bit extreme, but okay. It certainly was a Star Wars. Harry, Harry Potter was the chosen one. He's the boy that lived. Spoiler, he's a horcrux. But so is Neville, so figure it out. Neville's the real hero of that fucking story. Eh, fuck Neville. <laughs> oh, come on! Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so we go inside with these kids, like, mom's the fucking, she's a scout mom, um, and these kids are very, well, at least most of them are kind of not very enthused with how this is going, because instead of doing cool shit in the na- and outdoors, uh, they keep doing shit in the backyard, and, uh... Yeah. I feel like that was kind of fucked up. Like, I get where the kids are coming from, because they want to just, like, go on an adventure, but it's like, there's a lot of kids that have their parents just do this for them, because nobody else is willing to. Right. Yeah, I was in a Boy Scout troop when I was little that one of the... It was it was run by someone's mom, and we did we did shit just like this. But we also yep. got to, like, carve soap and do other cool shit. Yeah, too. like, make fucking the derby cars or whatever. That's exactly what we did. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, mine was most aerodynamic. Ooh, look at you, schmancy. Yeah, my, my ribbons that I don't have anymore. Me neither, Cub Scouts. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so these kids are like, they're like, they're like, the one kid's like, uh, fucking, uh, we got our fucking fire-making badges sitting in the backyard on your fucking barbecue, you fucking douchebag. Like, this is stupid. This isn't Ranger Scouts. This is Home Ec. Yeah, this is Home Ec. We're making fucking cakes, man. This is supposed to be our fucking whatever badge. What is this badge, anyway? I think they're just trying to get their badges, period, because they got to get a bunch of them to, you know, go up a level. Yeah, brownie badge? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Well, they got to go They gotta go to the fucking... They got to go fight Brock in one of those gyms. <laughs> Better movie. All right, they got to get the pewter badge, and they got to go get you know the next one i'm glad you know what those names of those badges are because i couldn't tell you well i knew the first one i knew brock and that was the only trainer i remember <laughs> they're going to fucking viridian city to fuck some shit up that's what it was never mind um yeah they're complaining about it and they're making pudding at the same time um and I'm, that's I'm what he says going like <laughs> I, every time i see pudding i can't not think of that scene in fucking black sheep when chris farley says he's got chocolate pudding in his underpants I, I just have to put that out there i always think of rugrats when Stu's in the kitchen when angelica's sick and she's like or, oh my god yeah she's like what are you doing Stu?" he's like i'm making pudding in the kitchen in the four in the morning because i've lost control of my life like angelica like breaks her legs or some shit and breaks her leg or some shit yeah, yeah. the best part is he brings it to her and she's like over it she's like i don't want it anymore well, that's like the cut scene. You got the stew in the closet, and he, you know, fucking Dee Dee barely saved him before the last breath left his body. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, voice actor for Stu is in Chud Two as the dad. Oh my god, yeah. this is getting ridiculous. Uh-huh. Um, this is like the uh, episode of trivia. Chud stands for cannibalistic humanoid. Uh, never mind. 
Just in um, case you didn't know. If you're watching this and don't know what Shud is... Um, There's a problem with you. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Please listen and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They're making chocolate pudding, you know, not in their underwear like Chris Farley, but they are making it. Yeah, and not at four in the morning. And uh, the mom basically is like, ah, we have a, a, a new person to add to the troop. And uh, she opens the door and it's this girl, Kelsey. And they're all like, ah, mom, you're like ruining the troop. They're like, uh, go, 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 girl. Wait a second. You can't let the girl in. This is a guy's thing. Meanwhile, she's like one of the more knowledgeable kids in the fucking troop. And somewhere, somewhere in 2019, like a girl hating scoutmaster is like, ah, and melts. (laughs) Here's the thing, like way ahead of its time as far as this comes. And I was like, this is awesome. I was like, cool. Like, yeah, let's do this. All right. Well, I think it works, too, because, it, you know, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I think it also produces some of the better jokes in the movie. Oh, without a doubt. And also, it's just like, it's just one of those things where, yeah, like like Connor was saying, like, she's just much more knowledgeable than most of them, because they're all fucking just dopes, except for fucking Fishman. Oh, God, Fishman. So, yeah, she's, she, yeah, he, she opens the door, and there she is. Um, uh, they leave right after this, don't they? And that's when, uh, what is it, Dana, the other kid, shows up? Well, no, Dana's Dana's been there. Uh, they're all there. So they're all pissed off about the fucking, about, like, not going anywhere and what have you. And, like, Mom has been listening on the DL, and she knows that, like, you know, the kid, you know, the boys don't want to fucking make pudding or whatever. So she's, like, so they're all, like, hanging out while they get acquainted with Kelsey, and she, like, calls up some, the scout service, question mark? And she's, like... And she's like, can I rent a Scoutmaster? Is that a thing? Has it ever been a thing? Do we know? Do we not know? I don't think so. It is now. <laughs> I'm going to call call a restaurant and be like, can I rent your best Scoutmaster? Because, you know, she's on the phone and they, you know, they're like, oh, what are you looking for? Uh... <laughs> you looking for, uh, looking for a blonde or brunette? Uh, it's going to be 90 cents a minute, ma'am. <laughs> Scoutmaster's escort service? <laughs> yeah. Or is it escort service to Scoutmasters? Is it full nude or like banana hammock? This is really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Hey, mom needs love too, okay? It goes from her on the phone basically saying, ah, can you really get me somebody? Crash cut to Daniel Stern trying to break into somebody's fucking car. And he can't get in the first one, so he goes up to the next one and this motherfucker's in the driver's seat. And he's like, oh, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I see you got your keys in the uh, ignition there. Oh, good job. And the guy's like, uh. Fucking Henry Wu's like, get out of here. This is the most Jim Carrey he is the whole film. Because he's, he's like, he's like stretching his neck out and like just fucking, you know, his whole body is being extended into like all of his movements and actions. Um, and yeah, as soon as he discovers this guy's in his car, he's like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh. I feel like that is Daniel Stern, though. Like, that's his comedy. That's his physical comedy. Easy. Yeah. Well, then he goes into a third car because <laughs> this woman gets up to run in real quick. And he gets in in this fucking dorky ass, like, two or three year olds in the backseat. He's like, <laughs> this kid is like seven. Hey, mister, I gotta take a dookie. <laughs> Daniel Stern looks fucking beyond mortified. This fucking kid says, hey, mister, I gotta take a duty. And he's in, he's fucking insistent, too. He's like, I gotta take a dookie. Like, he keeps saying it. This, this kid's dressed like a buddy and me doll. Yeah, but he's also like, he looks like he's about eight years old, and is he not strapped into a fucking car seat? Yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, the, the, the kicker is he fucking, he, he still steals the car, but he dr- leaves the kid on the side of the road. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, that kid just shit his pants. He leaves his kid on the side of the road in the car seat while he shits his pants and just fucking leaves it's the kind of it's it looks like the kind of kid you should not leave unsupervised at all 
and then he, Daniel Stern just leaves him on the side of the fucking road. And mind you, there is like a street of people on the side, you know, uh, people in the street, on the sidewalk, walk, no one stops him. No, no one cares. He looks like, he looks like fucking Paul Walker. Yeah, but like, but it, as if someone was treating him like he was two years old and not ten. <laughs> Professor, why'd you shit your pants? I got a dookie. I didn't, I, I no, no one told me to go to the bathroom. Mom wasn't around. <laughs> I don't wipe my own ass. Was all those damn crunch bars. <laughs> I ate too much Captain Crunch and mom wasn't around to wipe my ass. Uh, Pennyworth comes in. He's like, it's okay, <laughs> Professor. I shit my pants too. Have I ever told you about my frogs? <laughs> you know, frogs always shit their pants too. And then they make love. Do you want to hear about that as well? And then they shoot juice in your face. Oh my God. Man, I'm fucking creeping into Granny Van Damme. No, not yet. She, she hasn't. That's. She, we haven't. We haven't. Uh, we haven't invoked her quite properly yet. We haven't. <laughs> we haven't done the séance yet. We we haven't said her name into a fucking mirror three times yet. <laughs> three. <laughs> Granny Van Dam is uh, Pennyworth's constant. Oh. Is familiar. You grab a wheelchair and you spin the wheel three times. Um, I like that. And then you get rocketed the duck. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Through Thanos' asshole. That's the fucking portal, dude. Right where and you and you uh you pass by Ant Man's corpse while you're in there too. <laughs> fucking Scott's waving at you. Well see ya. Load up celery, man. They all pile into mom's car, um, and uh, uh Dana's not there yet? No, Dana's not there, and then he fucking he comes running down the street fucking Bilbo baggins himself. I'm going on an adventure and he's got the fucking contract <laughs> from the dwarves and everything, and he fucking gives it to her. <laughs> Fucking Balin's like, everything seems to be in order there, Mr. Baggins. Hop in. Gandalf's like, Adena is never late. He arrives precisely when he reached. Yeah, he runs in the car and she's like, I thought you weren't coming, Danny. Your dad said no. And he's like, look, I got a permission slip. And she's like, okay, I won't even look at it. My dad's a pussy and I'm three foot five and I'm the toughest kid in school. I love his dad, though. But I'll talk more about him when we want to meet him because... <laughs> Oh yeah, it just it's just it's just funny because like so cat's out of the bag. Dana's fucking dad like babies him a lot. He's very protective of him. Yeah. And Dana's like this little kid who like He's a shrimp. Yeah, he's a shrimp. He reminds me of when I was a fucking kid and like overcompensating for being so small. Oh, I'm sorry, I just called you a shrimp, I'm sorry. A tiny, high-voiced child um, who, if you lose, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, his dad, his dad actually, like, made me... Th his dad was like the poor man's Michael Ironside. <laughs> Not even. He's like the poor man's Casey Jones, this fucking guy. Um, so, yeah, Danny gets in the car. They all paw and they leave. Um, and oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they so they get in the car, and they're like, oh, hey, Mom, so you got a real scoutmaster for us? And she's like, yup, let me tell you all about him. He fucking climbed K2 with a broken ankle. And then killed a fucking mountain lion. And then saved some people from a fucking avalanche. Oh, that's right. Cut to Daniel Stern in this general store looking like a doofus. So then we're introduced to this fucking guy. He looks like Billy Bob Thornton fucked Gilbert Gottfried. Who is this guy? <laughs> this is my favorite character in the movie. It's uh, Brad Sullivan. He's the scoutmaster, the real scoutmaster. And he's like shaving with a fucking combat knife while he's driving a Hummer down the street. I love this dude. Yeah, everything he says is delivered just like this, and he never smiles unless he's doing something manly. He's pretty, he's okay, Cupcake, he's fine. Yeah, he calls everybody Cupcake, and everything is very serious. He's kind of like if Michael Hogan and, uh, Lear Emery fucking, like, fused. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and at the same time, like, Arlie, yeah, Arlie Ermey, um, 
Um, and whilst whilst being this alleged, you know, uh, survivalist badass, like he's kind of a fucking square, and he's really lame. <laughs> yeah, but he is kind of a badass. Like, let's be real. Oh, he's I. He would probably kill me with his pinkies. Like Stern is outside, parked in uh, a handicapped spot. Dude walks in. He's like, I think Daniel Stern is. I think he's talking to the the clerk. And uh, this fucking scout measure walks in and goes, Who's parked in the handicap spot? <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking Daniel starts talking to this shopkeeper, and, like, apparently, like, he's on the news all over the place. Mad Max fucking Grabelski, right? And he's like, he's, you know, he's armed, he's dangerous, he's a fugitive. And he, like, sticks his fucking head in front of the television. He's like, hey, uh, how do I get to Devil's Peak? And he's like, what'd you actually say, Devil's Peak? Well, I don't know. You fucking go out the door and fucking make a right. It's a mountain. Look where it is, you doofus. <laughs> it's it's a mountain. See it? Go straight towards it. There you go. <laughs> and then, yeah, fucking the Scoutmaster comes in and he's like, he's like, who's parked in the handicap spot? And he's like, oh, that, that, and Daniel Stern's like, you know, that'd be me. And uh, Daniel Stern just fucking, like, leaves. He, like, gets out of there. And on his fucking window <laughs> is a, just a, piece is of a sticker that says, I'm an inconsiderate person. <laughs> this motherfucker has these, like, by the fucking batch, like, in his glove compartment. I love, I love that level of, like, it's passive aggressive, but you're still being direct. Yeah. It's just so, like, it's, you didn't call him, like, it's... If someone called me that in my day to day, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. But like Daniel Stern sees is like, I'm an inconsiderate person. <laughs> then the fucking shop owner runs out and interrupts him and he's like, he's like, oh, the fucking Mad Max fucking Grabowski's on his way down here. He's driving a blue station wagon. Looking at the car. Volvo. And then Daniel Stern like clumsily like pulls a fucking gun out of his back and he's like, all right, get in the car. He's like, I'm taking you to fucking whatever. Also, like the shopkeeper's there too. So like, what does he just tell the shopkeeper to go inside? Get inside. Forget you saw anything. Go back inside, you NPC. Kind of call me on. Call me on it. Okay. Yeah. See ya. All right. My my radiant AI just let me <laughs> let me outside. I can't go any farther than this. Have a nice day, folks. God damn it, get back here and help me. I, you know, it's outside of my uh, path. I can't, uh, unless you have a broom, which I don't have, and then I can go kill you and take it from you. <laughs> That's an old Oblivion joke. So he takes, so Daniel Stern takes his fucking Scoutmaster at gunpoint and sticks him in his fucking Volvo. And he's like, give me, give me your glue. And like, how does he know he has glue on him? I, just a wild assumption. It's like, you're a survivalist. You must have, I don't know, everything. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it was like sticking out of his front pocket. I'm not sure. He's like, I saw that crazy glue. Give me it. I know you're going to a derby. I was laughing so hard. Just the way he's applying. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, give me that glue. So he's got a gun to this guy's head and he's like, hold out your hands. And the guy holds out his hands and he shoots glue all over the scoutmaster's hands. And then he makes him grab the wheel. And then he's like, putting glue all over the fucking top of the steering wheel and he's like all right now put your chin on it so he this motherfucker's glued to the wheel yeah meanwhile the guy the whole time is going you know this is permanent right <laughs> daniel starts just like do it or i blow your brains he's like ah. oh, i'm gonna blow your blow your butt up he says or some shit like blow your butt off yeah yeah because then later on he's like you got it he's like got it look forward don't look backward blow butt off <laughs> So he's like, he's like, I'm. He rips the fucking rearview mirror out of the fucking car. And he's like, you're just gonna keep driving south till you hit Mexico, okay? And he's like, yeah, got it. Blow my butt off, fucking Mexico. Yeah, okay. Shitty place, shitty language, shitty people. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin sits up at the back and he's like, don't fuck with me, Mister. 
Oh my god. What is he, the fucking the, the villain in that old urban legend? Someone turns your high, their fucking high beams on and goes, you got Daniel Baldwin in your backseat. I was trying to warn you. <laughs> he had a knife on him. No, no, he had a fucking bottle of tequila on him. He was gonna he, he was gonna yell at you, I swear. He was gonna drink it and beat your wife. He was gonna monologue at you. Oh god, no, not that! <laughs> he was gonna pretend to cry on camera. He was gonna tell you by the time he smacked Laura Palmer around for 60 minutes. <laughs> Bringing it full circle. So, yeah, they, they, uh, they, he makes this dude drive with his chin glued to a fucking steering wheel and his hands glued, and he, it's, the visual is that this dude has, like, he's, like, elbows up, and his hands are like it, like, it's not quite six and three, I mean, not six and three, I'm sorry, it's not quite, like, nine and three, it's more like eleven and two, and his chin's in the fucking steering wheel. He looks so comically uncomfortable. I love this entire sequence. So fucking Daniel Stern jumps into the fucking Hummer that apparently the dude is driving. Yeah, and he he, he drives off, and uh, he doesn't. He, he knows he's going towards Devil's Peak, but he doesn't really know the exact direction. And then he uh, he gets like stuck in in a spot where all these people are crossing <laughs> with their fucking bikes. These, these rich motherfuckers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they they're, they're they're slowly walking their bikes across or riding them across. And he's honking, he's honking and yelling and cursing them, and they're like waving and you know waving at him, smiling. He's like, yeah, yeah, fuck you too. He's like, he's like, you would you move your regal asses already? And they're like, they're like, hey, 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 hey. So then you know, as he's getting all pissed off and flustered, he looks behind him and he sees a cop, and he's like, oh fuck, oh, what am I gonna do? And this guy literally like is right up to his window. He's like, ah, oh, hello, sir. And the guy's like, oh, uh, uh, like Daniel Stern's like literally breaks down crying. He has an immediate mental breakdown. He's like, it was an accident. I'm missing understanding he's like that's all right i think those kids are fine like come on come on let's go and he's like kids question mark yes and this is yeah. where this is the beginning of the assumption that he is not who he is yeah and then like i guess this like cop like escorts them to the scout troop scout 12 uh troop 12 yeah they, they must be close because yeah, because it cuts it cuts them at the at the campgrounds and they're all like yeah. bummed out. And then this cop is like, "Ah, don't worry, guys, I found him." Scout leader Erickson. Yeah, yeah, and he comes in, and Daniel Stern is like totally, utterly confused. <laughs> Very visibly, I might add. Like he looks, he, he, lo- he is literally flabbergasted. Yeah, he's like, "What the fuck?" He is dressed like a wannabe wise guy. He's not dressed like a scout leader. He's, he's dressed like someone I shot in Max Payne, okay? <laughs> like, he looks, he doesn't look trustworthy at all. You say all that, but when he gets out of the car, I shit you not, one of these kids goes, oh shit, Arnold Schwarzenegger! Does he really? I totally missed that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which, I like... I don't understand that joke. Is it because he is it just is it just because he looks nothing like him? Dude, it looks just like Schwarzenegger. Come on, man, look at the guy. He's built. He's ripped. Yes, he's he's yeah, he's built like two pairs of stilts with a torso. Yeah, yeah, he looks like fucking Andy Gibb. So one of the kids is like, oh, oh awesome, Scoutmaster Erickson. He's he's like, oh, tell us about when you climbed Mount Everest. He he goes, it was uh uh. It was a bitch. <laughs> and you got this, like, all the, ca- all the uh, campers and the mom and even this fucking cop are like, what the fuck? The fucking timpani hits and they're just like, bam. And he's like, and they're like, and, uh, you know, I fucking, you know, the Himalayas was, 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 was hard getting up there. Climbing the Alps was uh, no picnic or whatever. Yeah, and she's like, uh, the Alps are somewhere else. And he's like, well, I had to cr- cross those to get to the Himalayas. And the cop is like, uh, yeah, that's a long journey. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was. 
It sure was. I chewed off my own arm getting there. <laughs> Looks down at both arms. Then the mom comes up to him, and then she starts basically explaining the itinerary, how they have to, like, he has to basically watch these kids for two days, and he's, like, sweating bullets. And she's like, oh, yeah, one more thing. Uh, I want this to be a gum-free uh, stay over. And he's, like, chomping on this fucking gum like nobody's business. What a weird decree. Like, isn't it? Is it? Like, I don't... Don't want to rot their teeth, man. Don't want to, you know, litter anywhere I, in the forest. I feel like it's just a 90s thing. Like, no chewing gum. Like... I mean, you don't want some little squirrel getting that in their gullet. What's stranger, that or him going to spit this gum into her hand? Okay, look. Anytime someone does that in a film, um... <laughs> Even this on the fucking napkin skeeved me the fuck out because napkin. He he took out that fucking La Paz postcard and spit it right in there. He sure did. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I can't stand the image and the sound of people chewing gum, especially after it's been chewed and spit out. So this whole thing made me want to fucking vomit. I hate this stuff. It makes me really skeeved out. It reminded me of that part in Lost World where Vince Vaughn spits in what's her face's hand oh, and she wipes right. it on yeah, him yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. "No, idiot, you're gum because I'm fixing a baby T Rex leg." She, she just wipes it on him. She's like, "No, yeah." <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he fucking pulls out the napkin, or the La Paz postcard, whichever you prefer, and fucking spits, spits the gum into the address, right? And then fucking crumples it up and gives it to her? And she fucking pockets it! Yeah, why doesn't he just pocket that himself? Yeah, but she fucking pockets it! Why doesn't he just take it and put it in his pocket? Because it's Chekhov's napkin. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It really is! So yeah, and then he's he's pushed along with these kids to go in a fucking uh, what is it? They call it an overnight, right? It's this little uh, yeah. They're gonna stay over. They're like gonna hike out a little bit and then like set up a set up you know camp and then have like an overnight and roast some fucking hot dogs or whatever and then come back. They go out on this trail and they they all all the kids are looking at Max. He's they're like ah, where's your uh. Where, where's your pack? Where's where, where's your camping equipment? He goes, uh, I don't need it. He's like, actually, I got a pack in my pocket. I brought two. I got I got a stack of two. And he, he pulls out a fucking cigarette. And then he's like, any of you fuckers got a light? Oh, yeah, someone's like, you're not going to leave that in the trail, are you? He's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, he throws like an empty pack of smokes down. Well, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 good point. And he gets down on his hands and knees and starts like wiping the footprints away. Oh, yeah, he's like, yeah, we can't leave tracks or but Yeah, we can't, we have to cover our tracks. And he gets starts covering their footprints. He's like, everybody, everybody walk ahead. And then, you know, I'm going to watch you from back here and disappear and watch you walk. Bye. And then runs to the fucking wilderness. Yeah. And then just like has a fucking grade A fucking freak out. He has a very uh, Ace Ventura when he walks into the fucking room full of animal trophies uh, freak out. Nailed it. That's exactly what it is. But it's like this, it's the sound of like just nature just like fucking oppressing him. He's like (laughs) (laughs) This is also the scene where he gets the uh, the titular bushwhack. He sure does. He gets bushwhacked a few times. Right to the face. Tree branch. I didn't even pick up on that. Bushwhack TM. In the mouth. Oh, wow. That sounds like a different film altogether. Well, you know, the porn parody is a tree branch, you know, painted, you know, on someone's penis. So, you know. Bushwhacked off. The problem is, Sean, I can't tell if you're lying or not. It hits Daniel Stern dick in the face. (laughs) It's just Daniel Stern fucking all these kids. Yeah, he's like Screech. (laughs) In fact, it is Dustin Diamond. You know that's the that's the real twist. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe that'll satiate those people who keep asking for that one scene in It. Oh God, damn it! Stop it. Those people don't exist. <laughs> we were talking about the porn parody, okay? And all of those people are of legal age, but no, thank you. 
I was making fun of those creeps who keep asking for that. Oh, I know. They're like, that's integral to the plot, man. Why isn't it there? I'm like, you know what? Just leave. You know what? Why isn't the turtle there? I think we've talked about this already. I think we have. I think we talk about it every few episodes. <laughs> Don't need the fucking orgy. The turtle I need. Um. So yeah, he's running through the forest and he's like, just he's just having this fucking panic attack. Trying to get away from these kids mostly because he has to get to Devil's Peak, which is in the area. Um. It's kind of the same, uh, well, it's it's above where they're supposed to be camping, I it's suppose. It's 23 miles away from where they're supposed to be camping. <laughs> uh, and then fucking Fishman, this one nerdy kid who's like has all these allergies and shit, is like, Hey, uh, is it okay if we call you Spider? And he's like, what? Right, because he comes crashing through the woods and just catches up to them. Well, no, he lands right in front of them. He thinks he's getting fucking all hell away from them, and he just ends up right back in front of them. <laughs> he goes in a big fucking circle. <laughs> he does like a horseshoe and fucking runs right into him. Yeah, they, they ask to call him Spider, and I can't remember why they ask to call him Spider. I think it has something to do with the, they, the who that's... Well, supposedly it's this guy's nickname, and he can't really come up with the reason why, because he has no fucking idea. No, but, no, they give him the nickname. You know, Fishman's goes, oh, yeah, can we call you Spider? And he's like, yeah, okay, sure. And they're like, yeah, because that's your nickname, right? How did you get that nickname? And he's like, uh, we, you know, uh, I killed a bunch of kids because they kept asking me how I got the nickname Spider. I keep forgetting they think he's somebody else. They're like, how do you kill the kid if they haven't called you Spider yet or something like that? And then he has, like, not a good response. He's like, anyway. They call me Spider because I secrete a silk-like substance from my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> and if you if you don't don't stop asking questions, I'm gonna string up a tree and drink your blood. <laughs> Punches him in the shoulder, walks away. Haven't you read all about it in my pop up funny? <laughs> <laughs> arachnid man, Daniel Stern, arachnid man. You see, they they in my childhood they called me arachnus. Okay, just I, I fell down a ditch. Listen, I can climb up walls, man. All right. Listen, if da- if fucking Daniel Stern was a a a fucking insect, he would be a spider. Excuse me, they're not insects, they're arachnids. If Daniel Stern was the fucking, if Daniel Stern, if he was the fucking bartender in Benraku, I would probably love that movie a whole lot more. Oh, man. I'd be like, you gotta see this fucking, you gotta see this movie with fucking Daniel Stern as a bartender. Josh Hartnett and Gat team up with Daniel Stern. (laughs) (laughs) Better movie. To to go fight Ron Perlman. (laughs) (laughs) To go fight Joe Pesci. Well, Mr. Big is in it? (laughs) Benraku (laughs) 2? Are you saying Joe Pesci should be recast as the fucking woodcutter? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, but he's Mr. Big from Moonwalker. <laughs> oh, oh man, he's got a ponytail and shit. Oh, yeah, he's got a mech. <laughs> Just imagining his short ass with that big fucking hat. You know what I wanted to see? Fucking Joe Pesci and Bob Hoskins as, like, two bad guys together? Like, like brothers? Okay. I'm listening. Yeah, I'm with that. That sounds like, that actually sounds like you should reboot the Mario Brothers movie with those two in it if one of them wasn't dead. Oh, man. Well, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci would be Wario. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Daniel Stern would be Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to get too off the fucking rails, but I think DeVito is the ringer for uh, Wario. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a good idea. Anyway, um, so, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, kill, he's like, I killed the last kid who called me the spider. Quit asking me questions, you stupid child. So then you get, you know, you cut from this, you go back to Erickson with his fucking chin still glued to the steering wheel. <laughs> and there's like 30 <laughs> cop cars fucking surrounding him. God, I love this stuff. Step out of the vehicle. I can't. I, my, 
I can't. I'm fucking glued to the steering wheel. Oh, we remove you by force. Please don't. <laughs> I told you I'm not fucking Gabrilsky. 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 Whatever the fuck his name is. Kaminsky. Kaminsky. They're like, we can't hear you because you're in a car whispering. We're going to approach with guns drawn. <laughs> I got a Zagnut in my mouth. He stuffed it in there. I do love movie cops because they're just like draw pistols like, freeze! I can't move. <laughs> well, at least movie cops don't shoot on uh, sight. This is also true. Because uh, this guy'd be dead. <laughs> big time. Ooh. Oh, totally. Yeah, he'd be dead. And they're just like, huh, look at that. He was glued to the driver's seat. <laughs> How would we know? They don't accidentally shoot him ten times? He was coming right for us. He was glued to the steering wheel. Acquitted. Full pension. Get out of my court. Yeah, no, I, I love this. Um, he's he's fucking just sitting there trying to plead with the police to not to not remove my force, but he's he can't even turn his head to look at them. And I think they just advance on him. They just run in there and open the fucking doors, and they rip him off the steering wheel, and he's just like, ah! I mean, that's gotta hurt. Oh yeah, he's got he was fucking fucking goofy glued to the goddamn steering wheel. Straight up. I probably should have taken a should have taken the epidermis with it. Like he should have been <laughs> that should have been a really serious injury. Oh man, yeah, like a fucking full ripped off chin. But since this guy's such a badass, I'm imagining he's like, I've toughened my skin to be like leather. This is a minor inconvenience. He's like, I just removed my stubble. <laughs> I comb my hair with a cactus. This is no big deal. My 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 beard is as sharp as a wire brush. I wear a snake for a belt. Durango Doug. There's some guy in the sidelines like, yeah, you know, he's not lying. He literally has a belt made of a rattlesnake. It's just, it's still alive. It's like a... It bites Kaminsky's cousin. Ow, that hurt. Oh, no, I've been dying of venom poisoning. So naturally, now that they found this guy, the fucking jig is up. Uh, you know, at least to everyone besides the campers and Daniel Stern. Uh, speaking of, we cut to them, and they, they've kind of found, like, the, uh, you know, Grand Central Station, I think one of the kids calls it, of campers, like, where, where everybody that's on this trail is just, like, fucking, uh, you know, meeting and just hanging out. It looks like a fucking hippie commune, man. Yeah, it's like a fish concert. Yeah, it- <laughs> Oh my god. Hey man, I'm at Burning Man, dude. Want some shrooms? Daniel Stern's like, wow, Woodstock's really changed. These kids are really young. Well, all the kids are looking at the fucking signpost trying to figure out what trail to go on, and Daniel Stern comes in being attacked by literal mosquitoes. And I just had to have flashbacks to our fucking episode, just sitting there thinking, man, you know, he doesn't know what's coming for him. Oh man, imagine Daniel Stern v. Mosquitoes. I'll take it. I mean, he's in that basement already there with uh, the other guy. <laughs> He was down there with Joe Pesci. Yeah, they got eaten by the mosquitoes, at least in the MDU. They sure did. Yeah, well, it's canon, so we're good. This is actually a prequel to that as well. Our our, our lore is very deep. We gotta write the book. So then, yeah, is it Fishman who walks up and says, here's some bug repellent? Yeah. And so he fucking drinks it. Yeah, what the fuck was Daniel Stern thinking? But doesn't just, like, he doesn't just, like, I, like, I, like I'm like, what kind of moron are you where someone hands you bug repellent and the first thing you do is... It looked like cologne. Yeah. How did the first sip not just put him on his ass? Yeah, but also it's just like, he, the, the little kid is not handing you a fucking pint of fucking Midori. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, he, he didn't hand you an airplane bottle full of vodka you freak what are you doing yeah <laughs> i don't know this guy's got to be italian because he's got the fucking asbestos tongue or some shit <laughs> eating shit right out of the oven all the time he drinks his whole fucking bottle like chugs this thing down and then he's like ah that's better and then like, after a couple seconds like his body's like you just drank pesticide like but he's <laughs> <laughs> he asked for a second bottle he's like oh yeah that was good get you got another one deet it's delicious. So he drinks a bug repellent, and then t- he walks off scene to uh, vomit a little bit. 
Um, and Fishman looks at me, he's got seven heads. Uh, do they, they mention Devil's Peak here, right? Because then he... Yeah, they're kind of like reading all the names on the signpost, and he overhears it. Yeah, and he's like, how you know about Devil's Peak? And there's a sign behind him. Yeah, they're like, let's go there. And there's, and the chick's like, let's go there. And the other kid's like, oh, well, why don't we go to the other place? Why, is it too far for you? Because you're a girl? <laughs> And then he's like, Devil's Peak. And then fucking Daniel Stern freaks out. Right, and he comes up and he's like, yeah, we, we're going to go there. They're like, ah, it's like a level six difficulty. And he's like, yeah. ah, you know, what are you guys, wimps? Come on. Roll for dexterity, dude. Yeah, no fucking kid. You better roll high. It's a... <laughs> Oh, uh, it's a black diamond. I don't think we should do this. I mean, you're talking about you, you, you've got a commoner and a bunch of children. They're not going to, you know, last long. <laughs> oh, they're troll food. For sure. And then he's just like, oh, how tough could it be? You know, it's just, it's just, a, it's this big. And he fucking holds up his finger and it's like fucking, you know, like an inch. Well, he, he only even coaxes him in because he makes up some bullshit like uh, badge they're going to get for doing it. And they're all like, oh, yeah, well, we're trying to get badges. Okay, yeah. You can get your almost died badge. Well, he goes, he goes, uh, you know, trust in Max and, uh, you know, he'll never show you wrong. And they're like, Max. Who's Max? And like, uh, it's all of us. Uh, to the Max. Let's go. Devil's Peak. Get off your ass. We're going. Here we go. Gonna go look death in the face. Come on. It's smash cut to, like, the cops showing up to, like, where the kids were picked up. And there's, like, just complete chaos. This is, like, one of those dark things that I was talking about at the beginning of, uh, beginning of the episode. Because it's, like, this is some real shit. Like, they're all freaking out that, like, their kids are being, have been, like, taken hostage by this guy. Well, it's, like, super serious, but everyone's playing it off as, like, a joke. Right. Well, it's, well the FBI guys are. Well, yeah, because then, like, isn't this... Isn't this when Dana's dad shows up and we get a taste of his neuroticism? Yeah, oh yeah. Casey Jones comes up. He, he comes in, he, he's got his fucking arms crossed, like, all the way high up on his chest, and he's like, he's like, oh, oh, oh my kid, uh, Dana, ooh, uh, and just having, like, a very, um, I, I want to use the word motherly freakout. I mean, they're all having the pretty accurate, you know, response. But his is, his is dialed all the way up. Um, and he's being extra, extra overprotective, and he's blaming this woman for anything that happens to his son. Um, but in such a way where he's like, anything that happens is your responsibility, and just kind of is not maintaining his, his composure at all. Yeah, he's like, you couldn't tell the difference between a 10-year-old and my signature? Oh, yeah, but the, specifically, he's like, how did you not know the difference between my writing and his writing? And this fucking fat man is making a panic. This guy's got himself some hostages, and he, you know, he, he's, he's He's armed, he's dangerous, he's got your kids on a fucking mountain. God, that sounds like it came from, like, just this, I don't even know, this <laughs> fucking voice you're doing. That's what he sounds like. The fucking fat fish that's playing the saxophone in Little Mermaid. I know, but it's just, it's, it is. He sounds like he's a, he's a fucking, fucking slob, man. He's basically like Harvey Firestein without the drag. I'll say, it sounds like he should stop for flatulence in between. Like, he's got a gun. <laughs> oh, he's Burping up his fucking lunch for sure. He's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> pass out from a heart attack. So he, he he's he's you know riling up all the families, and uh, Erickson basically pulls him to the side and goes, "Hey, you you need me. I I'm, I can save these kids." He's like, you know. You, you need my help. Without me, you ain't got no chance. The, meanwhile, this guy is, like, decked out in this, like, fucking uh, Ranger Scout uniform with all these fucking badges, and he's been doing nothing but kicking ass since he appeared on the screen, but this guy's like, ah, you're gonna make me look bad. No. He's like, look, son, I could chew through you and use your bones to, to build a fire, okay? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, fat guy's got ulterior motives, and that's why he doesn't want to bring him with him. Well, yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, hey, you know what? You can help me fucking track. Well, you can help me 
Ivy Track Grabinski or whatever. Come on. Yeah, because initially he's like, I don't need you because this guy's just as bad as I am. So what's the difference? And he's like, yeah, but he has the campers with him. And he's like, ah, fuck. He's got a bunch of scouts with him. And they're really smart scouts. I've never met them, but I heard about them from their mom. If I know my scouts, they're a really smart bunch of kids. Ooh, what is that impression now? Where did that go? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like fucking James Cagney. I don't know what happened. Yeah, get him, scouts. So Agent Manelli, he, uh, he's, he, he just says, oh, I'm in charge. Uh, he says, I'm in charge, and, and you know, Erickson's fine with that. Uh, but they, they, they fucking fuck off to go find the kids. Uh, cut to Daniel Stern and the kids walking in this fucking forest, and Daniel Stern looks like he's about to fucking fall over and go to sleep. Yeah, he's coughing up a storm, and he fucking light. He's like, oh, and then he lights up a fucking cigarette. Well, he has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth like two thirds of the film too. He's very um, it's very uh, race dance like walking around the fucking corner. Except he never lights it. No, yeah, <laughs> no one has a lighter, right? No one wants to give him one. They don't give him any. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, Fishman? And Fishman's like, I'm working on my bird-watching badge. He's like, I see a fucking yellowfinch whipper, a fucking a crane, and a SWAT team. Is this the first time he takes the binoculars from him and nearly chokes him? Yeah, that's like a running gag. He, like, chokes his fucking kid while he's using the binoculars. He's like, uh, Aspire, uh, stop it. Uh, excuse me, sir. Say, sir, I, I'm unable to breathe. Can you please? <laughs> we cut to fucking, um, you know, Palmer and uh, Erickson rushing up this fucking hill. And uh, Max freaks. He's like, ah, 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 run into the woods, run into the woods. Yeah, so the, yeah, and Kelsey's like, why aren't we on the trail? He's like, no, this is, uh, you're getting your fucking, uh, your bush badge. Yeah, ah, your bush badge. And he's like running into the fucking woods and like pushing all the kids trying to fucking, you know, disappear or hide. Yeah. Get him to hide. Um, is this the bear? Yeah, sure is. Okay. Well, for, first, you know, while they're hiding, Daniel Sterney's kind of, like, jumping around, diving all over the place like a maniac. Oh, okay, there's one shot where they're hiding, and he jumps across a trail into another bush, and, like, again, it's his fucking legs. It, he, also, because he makes a perfect arc, like, from one spot to the other, and when he lands in the second bush, like, again, just his big, long fucking ankles just going after him was so funny to watch. <laughs> Here's my question. Why didn't Erickson just, like, because he kind of knew they were in the vicinity, just yell, Hey, I'm Erickson. This guy's lying to you. Come out. Uh, well, because <laughs> then credits. Yeah, I guess that's true. Fishman, he screams, and, and, you know, Daniel Sterwin's trying to quiet all the kids because he's trying to hide, and he runs over, and he's like, What the hell's the problem? He's like, Oh, oh, I saw... And uh, you you turn and you see this fucking baby uh, cub, this bear cub, coming around a tree corner. <laughs> Daniel's just like, hey, oh, look at this, it's f- fucking Winnie the Pooh. This is uh, maniacal and crazy <laughs> even for a bear cub because he walks over and, like, he starts, like, fucking with this bear in ways that I wouldn't even fuck with a dog. He's, like, petting this bear. He's like, oh, it's got no collar. It must be a stray. And then he starts, like, he starts, like, shadow boxing it and starts, like, bopping it in the face. It, like, it, like bites his thumb off, but not really. He, he, like, yeah, he sticks his thumb in its mouth and, like, you hear, like, a crack or, like, a crunch and he's like, oh, yeah, got a good old grip there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what it is, Joe? He's desensitized because he fought the chuds. So it's it's like nothing to him, man. He's not frightened at all. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, who cares? Bears? Whatever. I fought mutants. Yeah. I mean, he's got a false sense of security for sure. Which is really unfortunate because later in life, it's going to really uh, fail him majorly that he's not afraid of this kind of stuff. But then uh, Fishman's like, that's not the bear I saw. And then Mama Bear uh, walks around the corner. It's fucking big ass grizzly. <laughs> Daniel Stern 
becomes a ragdoll dummy. <laughs> well, this is Daniel Stern's Revenant. This is, yeah. <laughs> Straight up. The only thing missing, he doesn't have a goddamn shotgun or anything to defend himself with. Yeah, and he's it's and there's no screaming for two hours. No, he just faints. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and when I say Daniel Stern becomes a ragdoll dummy, I'm not saying he's acting like one. I'm saying that I think someone went in and secretly replaced his physiology with, like, whatever the fuck Woody's made of from Toy Story. <laughs> um, because, like, he hits, he passes out, and this bear just kind of, like, um, this bear, like, drags him around, and Daniel Stern is just a fucking corpse, and, like, his limbs are flip-flopping around everywhere, his head's, b- b- you know, bobbing all over the place. Um, Dude, it's totally, it's totally a dummy. Yeah, and it's... Fucking fantastic. <laughs> there are shots where it is Daniel Stern, and it looks convincing, but there's also shots where it's like, oh, that's a fucking, that's filled with straw, <laughs> or something, because, like... Like, his legs are bending in ways they shouldn't be. But, like, they pan back to the kids. They're like, oh, I've heard if you're attacked by a bear, you should play dead. And after a few minutes of this, they're like, wow, he's really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, the bear the bear fucks off, and, and they go over, and they're like, hey, spider, you awake? You, that was great. And they fucking dump some water on his head. And uh, he wakes up, and he's like, oh, Annie M. <laughs> was a Vaz joke. And they're like, wow, you really did a great job. And he's like, yep, uh, yeah, I meant to do all of that. Uh, yeah. And let's never do it again. <laughs> Don't make me fucking show you again, you little bastards. And this is like kind of one of the first scenes where you start to see the kids, at least a couple of them, picking up on things that aren't adding up. Uh, they're co- they're cocking their heads, and they're fucking squinting their eyes like, hmm. Yeah, like even especially in this particular scene, Milton and... Uh, or I should just say, uh, Fishman, what's his name, Fishman? Fishman. Fishman and Kelsey specifically kind of like look at each other like, yeah, he's faking it, but we had to wake him up with water. Like, okay. Like kind of that's like the look they're giving each other. Because then we, we we go from him waking up to them singing in unison and him just looking like <laughs> hung over as fuck. Oh, that's right. He's driving him fucking nuts. He's like, he's like, what is these lyrics? Who wrote this? And they're like, my mom. We, we run and dance and sing and play? What the fuck is that shit? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> Like, my mom wrote it. And he's like, oh. They suck. Gordy's just like, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's a a drag. My mom, she takes her time and money out of her own life, and she's a scoutmaster, but all my friends fucking hate her. She's doing her best, but I'm a loser. Have you you noticed I haven't brought up dad yet? (laughs) Oh. Well, you know... Well, you know, my theory on that, Connor, is that dad's at work trying to sell his fucking books, and, you know, things didn't work out, so he had to move to Oakland. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This is what living with mom is like. Uh oh, it's not great. That works. That works. Oh, that works way too well for me to be comfortable with it because not in uh, what were they call him, Gordy? I mean, Ben's uh, eyes slides right in there. This is why he becomes a bastard because his stepdad is Daniel Stern. <laughs> it was kind of cool at first, but now he's over it, and it's just kind of shitty. I want to go see Spider. I'm tired of living with you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's like being a bad kid on purpose. I like my bear fighting dad better. I like my dad that lets us piss off the side of cliffs because that's what we're doing next. Yeah, and singing about it. Dana's like, I gotta pee. And he's like, well, fucking shut up. Whip it out. Piss all over the place. And then all of these kids are pissing off the side of a mountain. Well, they're like he like kind of motions to Kelsey like he's embarrassed. You got, you got the order. This is why it's hilarious because it goes to them talking about how they have to all piss. And then it cuts to fucking Erickson and Agent Palmer, like, on the side of this uh, rock cliff, just taking a breather. And then uh, you have this this fucking water start streaming off the side, hitting fucking uh, Manelli in the head. And he's like, ah, oh, this is great. A nice uh, afternoon spritz from the sky. <laughs> 
Manelli's like out of breath and fucking Erickson's like, come on, you fat bastard. We got to go up the fucking mountain. By the way, that's not water. <laughs> he is literally like Jack and Rose from fucking Titanic arms wide, like letting this just totally soak him, like hitting him in the face. He's like licking it up, lathered with it. He is getting fucking baptized. Something serious. Rawhead. Jeffrey Jones saw this and was like, why couldn't it be me? <laughs> oh, ho, 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 ho. Uh, yeah, he's sitting there, he's fucking, he's lapping this up, and, uh, it's, 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 does Erickson tell him what it is first, or is it pan back up to the kids first? Erickson's like, I hate to bring it to you, that's not water. Just, that's some little boy's piss. And the kids are just like, oh, fuck, man, we just pissed on some dude's head. Oh, they looked, yeah, they're like, oh my god, look, that's, who's down there? Daniel Stern's just like, running badge time, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. And then Erickson literally, like, fucking shears this cliff, like, climbs up it. God, he's such a fuck, he's fucking John Rambo, like. And, you know, you you know, Mattelli, he's just like, oh, you really want me to climb this cliff side? And he's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. The only thing this guy's scaling is a fucking tower of ice cream. <laughs> he's like, the only scale I know is the one in my bathroom that always says I'm fatter. The only thing that I'm fucking running through is a fucking pahogi sandwich. I want to run to the heart attack grill. <laughs> <laughs> well, they definitely play up that angle because the whole time that the guys are, you know, Daniel Stern and the kids are running away, you know, getting further and further away from it, keeps cutting back to Erickson at the top of the cliff like, all right, put that foot over, you know, put it there. And you just hear, you hear fucking Palmer in the background just, oh, oh. oh I kind of love that where he's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, climb the mountain like a man, you moron. Put your left hand on that rock right there. <laughs> I'm not here to instruct you. I'm here to climb mountains. I'm here to catch this fucking maniac. Well, while they're while he's fucking around at the cliffside, they end up, you know, Max and the kids, they end up at the fucking Temple of Doom bridge. <laughs> I was just gonna say this huge ass Indiana Jones ass fucking bridge. Fuck this bridge, okay? I looked at this and I was like, because mm, I also don't like heights. I hate heights, and I I was just thinking, I with my luck, I'd start running across that fucking thing and it starts spinning like a cyclone. <laughs> Uh, I kind of, I always wanted to walk over one of these bridges, like, between a huge, like, mountain range. Here, here's a, here's a fun piece of trivia. I think it's in China. There is a, a tourist location that has a bridge like this, but it's transparent. And it's made of either, like, thick glass or something else, and you can walk across it. So it's like the last crusade, you know, you gotta just throw the fucking beads on there and just walk across. <laughs> yes. And I think they've had, they've said that people pass out when they get I up on this it. thing. Oh. It has to be taken out. Yeah. It's fucking nuts, because it's over, like, a huge gorge, yeah. I, I guess that, that's fucking terrifying. I definitely gotta, I wanna do that. There's also, the Grand Canyon just put in some kind of new thing, right? Where there's, like, a glass floor or some shit? Um, you know what's funny? I don't know, and I live within striking distance of the Grand Canyon now. Uh, I think it's been there for a few years, but you read articles every once in a while where people, like, fuck with it, and they have to, like, repair it, and then no one can go on it for a while. No, I, I've, I haven't gone to Grand Canyon yet, but I went to uh, something in Utah. It was a, it was a water hike through a bunch of caves that was awesome that sounds cool i'm gonna come out there and fucking visit you and go to the grand canyon <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> and then the hoover dam too. oh yeah there's a hoover dam look for Coletti there <laughs> i think that's where he's hiding he doesn't want to pay his taxes he's hiding in the hoover dam well, wesley snipes hey you gotta fight uh caesar's legion there too um so they 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 start crossing this bridge um and it's fucking terrifying and um i think like some of them just he just makes them run across it doesn't he well because he runs back to make sure that they're not being followed and you know erickson and palmer are like hot on their heels so he's like oh fuck we gotta run he's like cheese it it's the fratellis he's like Get, we're gonna run across the bridge badge go 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 you little punks so he pushes them all across the fucking bridge 
and uh, everybody's across the bridge, and he fucking takes the hatchet from the kid from Heavyweights, and he's like, he's like cutting the fucking ropes for the bridge. This was insane to me. I mean, remember, Daniel Stern has really bad eyesight in this film, because earlier he, he he essentially could see smoke rising from the bottom of a door and just had no idea it was on fire until he opened it, so... <laughs> he, has, he has no situational awareness. No, not at all. Like, yeah, that's a fire, man. That's not a fucking steak dinner. Yeah, who's cooking something? It smells like wood. He takes the fucking hatchet and starts chopping the fuck like a maniac, like chopping the ropes off the, the support ropes of this bridge. Looks over, and Fishman is paralyzed with fear in the middle of this thing, and he's like, shit! <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something real quick. If you chop the left side of this bridge... It's gonna it, it's gonna exactly do exactly what Sean is afraid of. It's gonna fucking spiral because yeah. there's nothing supporting the other side. It's gonna start spinning like a fucking top. Yeah, like Fishman is fucking D E D dead right now. Yeah, um and I think his only chance would be to hold on to a fucking rope, but then again it would probably buck him off like a fucking like a bull and send him careening to his death. For sure. But then uh Daniel Stern's like, Fishman, come on Um and he's Fishman sitting there, he's like, I can't because I'm a big old coward. So like, come on, you fishman, the super stud. Say that The it. super stud. Yeah, say it with me, scream it. And yeah, first he's like, Oh, it's not working and then here comes Manelli with a fucking sniper rifle that he pulled out of his back pocket. Where the fuck did he get this thing? <laughs> he's been carrying carrying that the whole time. Maybe that's why he's so fucking tired. Maybe carrying a 20-pound rifle along with you the whole time is probably exhausting. Well, he's about to shoot Daniel Stern, who's trying to, like, walk this kid off the bridge, and, and Erickson comes up and is like, ah, uh, hello, dumbass. Let's be honest. Carrying that fucking spare tire the whole time is tiring him out. Well, I'm sure the gun isn't helping, but, like, I like how Erickson walks up and just fucking palms the barrel of this rifle. He's like, not on my watch. He's like, there's a fucking ranger scout on that bridge. There's a, there's a ranger scout on that bridge, you maniac. Now, don't point this anywhere before I I twist you around like a pretzel and cook you over a fire. I still, I still don't trust you, but follow me. So Daniel Stern is fucking. He's like, he's like, look, Fishman, I'm gonna. This is it. This is the last fucking thread. I'm gonna cut it if you don't fucking run over here. <laughs> and then he does, and he's like, I'm so proud of you, Fishman, and let's get the fuck out of here. Let me, let me destroy this bridge and have none of you ask why. Yeah, what? Well, he does, he does have them all run ahead, but you know, but yeah, Fishman saw him doing it, so like, he, he should at least be like, yeah, why were you doing that, by the way? Why? Do Why'd you chop the bridge off, mister? Well, I saw that bear coming after us from earlier. Like, like, why wouldn't the one who had his hatchet taken, like, why'd you take my hatchet? And where is it? Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Fishman runs across this bridge, and then, like, Stern sees... Er Erickson gets on the bridge, and they have this moment, like, don't do it, and Daniel Stern's like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Um, and then slams the axe down and cuts the fucking ropes in this bridge, and Erickson does a fucking, uh, a Max Payne dive back to the, the, the grass. They're all complaining that they're tired and shit, and they're like, alright, let's set up fucking camp, and Daniel Stern's like, you know what? I chopped a fucking bridge down. We're good. They're not gonna fucking make it over here that quick. They, they, they can't grow wings. Erickson flies there with a hang glider. Guess what I built that are leaves and trees. <laughs> I built this out of a fucking blade of grass and some chewing gum. How did you get above us? Don't ask questions. I'm Erickson. I trained MacGyver. <laughs> I am the wilderness. See this badge right here? It's my MacGyver training badge. Barnhill's like, I got that one too. Because apparently this kid is a fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got it while climbing Kilimanjaro. So yeah, they make camp. Uh, Daniel Stern can't put a fucking tent up. No, and he, he mistakes a fucking pine cone for a wasp's nest. And he's like, because one of the kids is like, oh, I read in the manual. I think it's Fishman. He keeps saying, you know, it was in the manual. I saw that if you use a pine cone to start the fire, it's faster. And you know, he mocks him. 
uh, Daniel Stern mocks the guy. Yeah, it's yeah, because like he's like, why would we use pine cones? It's stupid. And he's like, because if we're surrounded by green, then we use pine cones. He's like, it's in the manual. And Daniel Stern's like, manual, schmanual, manual. <laughs> he grabs a fucking beehive. Yeah, and he's fucking like juking and jiving with it, like he's playing football. <laughs> And they're like, uh, he's like, go out for the long bomb. Yeah. And then Fishman goes, uh. Well, first these kids are like, yeah, throw it to us. We're open. They're waving their arms and they're ready to catch it. And then finally, like, when the buzzing starts, they're like, um, I don't think that's a pine cone. Cut to, I guess he's highly allergic to it because the next scene is him getting, like, all this fucking ointment put on him. And Dana's like, yeah, well, you haven't had a seizure in 20 minutes, so that's a good sign. <laughs> um, let me, let me tell you something. If he had a seizure up in that mountain... He's not going anywhere for a while. I don't think so. I think he's dead. No, not at all. He's, well, not dead, but he's incapacitated. Well, he is Marf. He's Marf. He's Marf. He can fucking come back from anything, I guess. This Maybe the seizures are induced from all the injuries he's had as the uh, from the Home Alone movies. You know what it is? This isn't the same fucking timeline, guys. There's timelines colliding, and the collision of the timelines are giving him these fucking, you know, synapses. Oh, duh! Are you, t- are you telling me he's having he's having temporal brain uh, uh, short circuits? It's fucking it's the Marverse, man. <laughs> the Marverse. The Marverse. It doesn't even get a number. It's, it's the Marv Cinematic Universe. He's not supposed to be there. See, this Marv is supposed to be from Home Alone. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be. This is actually supposed to be Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> So it so it is still it is still the MCU, but just the Marv Cinematic Universe is what you're telling me. Well, it's, well, you know, it's the, the MDU. MDU. Come on, give give it a little bit of credit there, Connor. So yeah, they they talk about him having seizures, uh, and they're kind of they're giving him all this ointment and what the whatnot. This is kind of like the culmination of all the kids are starting to really just be like, yeah, this guy's know what the fuck he's doing. No. Yeah, because he's doing it off in the background. And he's just he's just fucking wrestling with this like tarp, and it doesn't look like anything. And he just drapes over rope. He's like, well, build a tent. <laughs> He's like, ah, Tent, what'd you do? And he's like, I'm building a crystal fucking radio or whatever. I learned about it on Star Trek. Duh. I watched Wesley do it. (laughs) Wesley Crusher's my idol. He's my favorite character. Daniel Stern just pushes him off a cliff. (laughs) Nobody likes Wesley. But, like, what is, I I mean, this must be a real thing, but, like, I thought I was watching an episode of Gilgan's Island for a second there. He's building some kind of, like, receiver, and it's with, like, copper and other kinds of stuff, and, like, I I don't know what he's doing exactly, but Daniel Stern goes to look at it, and he's like, that's the toolbox, and he's like, of course it is, and he puts it down. Yeah, but, like, is that in the manual to build one of these fucking things? I don't know, because, like, some of this... Some of this stuff could be being made up on the fly with, like, oh, what do Boy Scouts do? But it's also been so long since I was in any kind of Boy Scouts that I don't remember anything that was... that's Any of the official stuff that comes from it, like... I have no idea. Yeah, and also, it's been, like, 20 years since I did that, so it could all be radically different even if I could remember it, so... But then, yeah. My my brother got an Eagle Scout, but I was never in Boy Scouts, so I have no fucking clue. Like, my only other point of comparison is that fucking uh, Chevy Chase and uh, JTT movie. That's the only other uh, Boy Scout film I can think of. Oh, shit, fucking Man of the House? Oh, my God. This and that movie are my only points of uh, reference, so, you know, seems real. Squatting dog. Um, I was an eagle, never made it to Weeblow. That's basically as far as I. Can. Holy shit, man! I just did Cub Scouts, and that was oh, it. E- eagle is like the last thing. I guess they call it something different for like the lower. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Weeblow into Eagle Scout. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's a, a little biography for for me. Um, <laughs> uh, intriguing. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't do a Peter Graves impression, so that's what you have to settle with. Something, <laughs> something just as snooty. Meanwhile, fucking Erickson's like literally just catching a fish with his bare hands. I fucking love these sequences with Erickson being a badass. They, like, they throw in this like weird social commentary. I like it. Where Erickson's like, yeah, you know, because cause, uh, fucking Manelli. Manelli! Yeah, he, yeah, he's mocking him. He's like, he's like, how you doing down there catching your fish with your hands? <laughs> well, because he's like bitching and moaning that they don't have any food, and Erickson's just like, listen, you know, this is why I don't like your generation. He's like, people today, they want everything fast. They want it now. He's like, no one knows any patience. Or, how, or takes their time to fucking work for things. Yeah. And I'm like... God damn! If that's not now, if any time, like you think it was then? That if 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 you aren't if you aren't an insufferable 2019 baby boomer, if I ever saw one. Oh goodness gracious! Nobody wants to nobody wants to hunt for anything. They want it right now. Why? What is he? I want instant gratification. He's like I am the thin khaki line between yeah. depravity and 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 like pro- progress or something like that. I just remember he says, I am the thin khaki line between X and X. And I was like, what the fuck? Hey, man, you know, I can respect where Erickson's coming from, but I'm just, you know, I'm good. I'll go to shop right and buy my uh, fish. Uh, I don't need to catch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck that. I'll just have, I'll, I'll call uh, uh, Uber Eats and have it brought to me. There you go. Uh, but yeah, he catches a fish and just, you know, I, I just assume they bite into it like the fucking penguin. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so one of these kids whips out a fucking Playboy. <laughs> Dana Dana whips out a fucking Playboy. <laughs> yeah, and they all freak out, and they're like, yeah! And they have this kind of big, except Kelsey, obviously, because why, why the fuck would you? This is the third movie in a row, I just want to point out, that there's been some form of Playboy, Play Duck. No cum stain on this one, though. Listen, Dana found it in the woods. Charlie left it there for him. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Okay. He's like, look at guys. Hey, look what I found. It's been mostly untouched. <laughs> mostly. Everyone just like recoils like, Ugh. They're like, fuck you. There's two pages stuck together. He's like, fuck you, Fishman. Uh, you don't even know anything about, you wouldn't want to know anything about this. What do you know about, what do you know, what do you know about boobs? What do you know about lady parts? Well, they're even joking with Kelsey, and she's like, I don't give a fuck about that magazine. Why, why would she? They're like, they're like, oh, or she goes, oh, it's not like you guys even know anything about sex. And they're like, well, no, we, we know. (laughs) And the kid goes to describe it, and he's like, yeah, so, uh, you know, a man and a woman go in a room, and, uh... They both take their shirts off. And then the stork comes over. No, yeah, and then he's like, yeah, the, the men take, they both take their shirts off, and someone's like, the guy never. T- Fishman. Yeah, what did he say? He's like, the guy never takes his shirt off, or the guy, or was. He's like, the man doesn't have to take his shirt off, just the woman does. And they're all like, oh. Daniel Stern comes over, and he's like, what do you got? Give me that goddamn thing. He, like, takes the Playboy from him. Yeah, and, there's, and he fucking looks at it, and he's like, ooh, and he, and he goes to put it in his fucking pocket and walk off. <laughs> oh, he fucking Charlie Bounty Hunters that shit. <laughs> and they're like, hey, yeah. Uh, uh, spider, tell us about the birds and the bees. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, that's really something you should probably talk to your parents about. And they're like, Fishman pulls out the fucking manual again. He's like, ah, oh, it says right in the manual that uh, questions uh, about this kind of thing should uh, be told to you by your camp counselor. And he's like, uh, really? He's like, yep, says it right here. He's like, eh, okay. Who the fuck wrote that manual? He's he's putting them on because he's like, he's like, well, we're going to get this adult to tell us about it. Oh, yeah, okay. And Daniel Stern's like, uh... Okay, uh, hey Kelsey, give me your dollies there, honey. I'm gonna, I need to borrow them for a second. And then hard cut away because the the, the hard cut back is very important. Well, you, we just have these parents just sitting around the fucking TV looking miserable. And I mean, I get it. 
but how much of this do I need to see? And then you finally have fucking Michael Ironsides calming down a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, I really miss my son, but maybe I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> Uh, he totally is. He's like, Casey Jones is like, oh, when my son came out, he was like a little fucking duckling or whatever. And fucking Gordy's mom's like, maybe you should call your wife and stop talking to me. And he's like, oh, why? Yeah, yeah. And just walks off. (laughs) Can I borrow 20 cents? He's like, he's like, I have one of those. Yeah, and then asked to borrow money for the fucking phone. Cut back to Daniel Stern with his fucking shirt off, just with his undershirt on. <laughs> and he's got these dolls going at it. Oh, my. Okay. He's got a fucking cigarette hanging out of his mouth and his fucking jacket off, and he's and these dolls are fucking, baby. This is where I was like, okay, what is this movie rated? PG-13. Because so far I've heard a few profanity words, and now this sequence that would not fly in a PG movie today... At all. It's PG-13. Okay. Because I, I read there's a, there's a PG cut as well. Is there on, like, really? VHS or DVD. Yes, there is. What the fuck would you want that for? Well, you know, they got to they gotta put it on TV. They got to get the ABC family viewership. You know, fucking Happy Gilmore's got a PG version. Let's be real. Yeah, I have it right here. It says the DVD also rated PG was released on March 11, 2002 and was later released in 2009. Why the fuck would they release the DVD as PG? I don't know. Well, they probably cut this scene and then they just put it out and like some of the cursing yeah it says the original on un- the original unedited pg-13 version of the film was released on vhs in 1996 well that's somewhere downstairs <laughs> it's in the vault it's in the fucking box downstairs that i haven't unpacked yet it's in the fucking the stone the, the, the stone chamber you need to hop across the uh the stepping stones to get to <laughs> yes you need to take a boat to the fucking place you got gomez adams leading the way you pull the fucking candle on the wall and the password and my cigar <laughs> and the big glass of cognac Dom you. He, yeah, so they cut back and he's, fu- and he's fucking these dollies and he's like, yeah, work it, baby, yeah, give it to me. And it's it goes on for a painful amount of time. He's just like, yeah, work it, ah, yeah, uh, uh. and like, you don't see what's happening. It's all happening below him, but like, just the kids' faces. It looks like he's jacking himself off right in front of these children. <laughs> he's like, that's how daddy likes it. Another role that Jeffrey Jones is upset he didn't get. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, twofer. <laughs> Barf. Ben Bremen, he's just like, you know, uh, Jeffrey, I'll get you in the next movie. Ah. So yeah, then he lifts the, 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 the male doll up and he's like and he's like, and then the man has a cigarette, and then he goes and watches Leno. Good night. He puts the cigarette literally up to this thing's mouth. <laughs> yeah. And they're all just sitting there shell shocked. We did say like he's had a cigarette dangling out of his mouth the whole time. Yeah. And then fucking hard cut to them like around the fire and they're telling like ghost stories or some shit. Yeah, or like yeah. what ifs. Right. You know, the one kid saying, Ah, oh, you know, if 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 you all froze to death and and you were the only there was only one of us that survived, would the survivor eat the you know, the other body? And they're all like the frozen bodies. Yeah, eh, we'd eat them. Why not? Yeah, sure. I need that fucking body. Wilfred Brimley comes out and is like, Yeah, I'd eat them. And then he's like, Okay, Spire, it's your turn. Dale Stern's like, All right, now say you were a delivery man and you hated your job. And then one day some guy asked you to deliver a bunch of packages to his house in secret and that he would give you $50 a package. If you kept your mouth shut and you made a sweet deal and it was like, you know, you felt good because you were excited about it because you're like a spy or whatever. And, and you know, being a delivery man is boring. What would you do? And he slaps the 50 right in your hand, by the way. And and he says he says $50 
like it's the year 1612. Like it's he's like 50 whole dollars and these kids are like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> okay, that's like nothing. That's my allowance. That's a video game, dude. <laughs> You're a loser, man. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, it would be a setup, or only a sleazeball would do that, or a moron, and he's sitting there saying, oh. Yeah, he's like, oh, that was too easy. Like, only a sucker would fall for that, or a doofus, or an idiot, or a sleazeball. And he's like, yeah, good night, kids. I am going to bed. <laughs> he's just, like, cringing every word that comes out. He's like, yep, yep, okay, up, oh, stop. Now I'm hurt. So, yeah, they, they, all, they all go to bed after this very uncomfortable sequence involving dolls. And then the fucking crystal radio. Next morning in their fucking kids playing with the crystal radio he's like i just needed a couple of coconuts to get this thing up and running <laughs> he's listening to the news isn't he or something well, yeah, yeah it's like a broadcast he hears about like how you know the the nation watches as troop 12 and he's like huh it's like a religious broadcast wait troop 12 why are they mentioning us oh my god mad max grabonski a murderer oh my god it is a very it is a very one-sided thing it's like he's he, it's it's a it's, it's someone listening on the phone and just re- reacting, you know, to everything they heard. You didn't. You didn't. Wow. No way. Goodbye. He announces this to the group, and they all, like, turn and look at Daniel Stern. He's, like, in this half-ass put-together tent with his fucking legs sticking out. <laughs> with the Playboy next to him. He's got the Playboy right next to his <laughs> fucking head. Clearly used it the night before. Oh, Jesus. And you know what? You know what the real sick part about that is, besides the fact that he's with these kids? He That tent is literally like Connor's at a sheet on a... F- uh, like a tarp on a fucking string. It's like what you'd run under if you're like, there's no other options. But if you put it together yourself, like you'd feel really fucking bad about it. Well, it's not even like a lean to or anything. So no, it's, like- it's just it's over a like a glorified clothesline. It's just <laughs> it's just hovering. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. This guy was cranking his hog around a bunch of ten year olds without any kind of sound <laughs> muffling of any kind. Yeah, in like in like was basically an open trash bag. I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> um, so they go up and they like they kind of. Uh, they sneak up and they grab his wallet, and, um, yeah, lo and behold, it says Mad, it says Max Grabelski. It says Mad Max Grabelski on his license. It said Mad Max on his license, yeah. Can you add, can you add a nickname to my license? It's written in there in pencil. His fucking, uh, driver's license picture is fucking hilarious. It looks like he's, like, on dope. But then he kind of starts to wake up, and for some reason, he slept with the gun in his hand. Well... That makes sense to me, because, like, just in case those guys found him. Yeah, but then wakes up and, like, does his, his waking yawn and stretches out and starts pointing the pistol at these kids, like, in the face. Well, he's still asleep when he does it, so he doesn't know he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, it's all subconscious, but it's just right. the visual is like, why would you <laughs> stop it? Well, they get totally freaked out by all this, so they're like, fuck, we need to get away from this guy. It really is Grabelski, or whatever the fuck his name is. Um, and This is where they concoct a plan, I think, to incapacitate him. No, they do smoke signals first. Oh, that's right, the smoke signals. Uh, that's because Eric, and Eric's in Susan, he's like, aha, my scouts. Bless those little scouts. Slash those little children looking at him making smoke smoke signals like a pro. It's like okay, two shots and one one shot and two longs, and he's like okay, and he's like, oh shit, I, I meant two shots and one long, and he's like, ah oh, fuck, what do you want me to do? Erase that? <laughs> yeah, Erickson goes, that's ah, pretty good, except it says belp, b e l p, belp. Manelli's like belp. Belp. I don't get it. He's like, we have to go give him Belp. Stop asking questions. He's gonna get the Belp. Damn it, those kids. I don't know what Belp is. Those kids need it. Uh, let me call Ernest P. Whirl. He knows about Miak. He might know about Belp. He needs a authentic Bulgarian Belp. <laughs> so then the kids think of a plan and they do a fucking Fishman special. 
Uh, they pour fucking cough syrup, allergy medicine, and fucking sleeping pills. Why do these kids have sleeping pills? Who has the sleeping pills in this trip? Right? Why do these kids have sleeping pills? They pour this all into a fucking canteen. And they go, one sip of this and he'll be out like a light. And I'm saying, yeah, because he'll be dead. Yeah, you're going to fucking kill this man. <laughs> I was going to say, one sip of this and he'll be a corpse. Like, it, it, here's the thing. It's an antihistamine. The anti, what is it? Anti-allergy medicine? Something like that, they say? It's cough medicine? It's DMT. <laughs> sleeping pills and fucking... Okay. So he's going to be, like, robo-tripping and then, like, ODing on sleeping pills. He... It, for, forget, forget sleeping. He would be fighting imaginary dragons whilst trying to stay awake. Oh, for sure. And, and likely vomiting his guts up. Like, he would be tripping fucking balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would this? Would all these pills melt inside this canteen, or would it just be like you know shit all jingling around in there? I mean, it should dissolve. Yeah, and that's the thing too. This is where some need to get some weird medical stuff. Like that's gonna be diluted as fuck. I don't care. How, like unless you dump the entire contents of all three of these drugs in there, um, which they do. <laughs> which they yeah okay, which they do. But if they didn't, like you just have like a watery fucking drink that would make you feel really lousy afterwards. But like yeah, this is. This is all, the entirety of all three of these things in a canteen is not that big. Congratulations, you've made Kill Juice. Again, he's a, fu- he's a, he's a fucking cartoon, so he drinks it, and, he, and like, the little fucking, like, pop bubbles appear above his head, and he's like, I've been having, yeah. Well, he's got that asbestos tongue, man. He doesn't even taste it. Is, do you see the pink elephant over there? I can't tell if it's African or European. They get him to drink this shit. They're like, you look parched. And he's like, fine, I'll drink the drink. And he fucking drinks it, and he's like, that is good and he's just like fucking tripping face drinking this fucking canteen running through the woods he gets a sudden burst of energy but then like just eventually just fucking conks out he's high as fuck and also like since he's he drinks it and he's he's decides he wants to move quickly and he's like basically at a, at a jog i'm like yeah your heart's pumping faster which means this is gonna hit you like a fucking battering ram oh yeah <laughs> but he's also like seven feet tall so his strides are like fucking tall man strides and these little kids are like wait up <laughs> The kids basically are, you know, they can't believe that this concoction isn't doing anything. Oh, that's right. And uh, I think it's Gory who decides he's going to put on some kind of performance. Yeah, they, you know, a couple of them start tripping and acting like they hurt themselves. And Max just kind of like, all right, you you guys are fine. And, and Fishman kind of slips up and says, ah, you know, don't worry about it, Mr. Grabowski. Don't hurt me. Or something to that extent. Like, oh, Mr. Grabowski, don't worry about it. I, I guess I'll be okay. He's like, Grabowski? He's like, oh, oh, no, uh, I, I, you know, I had this doctor, uh, Pulowski, and, uh, you, you know, just, I don't know why it popped in my head, but it just randomly did. He's, he's my uncle, he's a cop, his name's Kaminsky. <laughs> oh, Fishman. Yeah, Fishman, here's his, yeah, you're a good boy. <laughs> you're a good boy. And, and then fucking Daniel Stern's like, how'd you know my name? Don't fuck with me, kid! <laughs> don't say my name and I love you in the same sentence. <laughs> Dean Stock was like, okay, okay, bye. He's just like in a bush somewhere. <laughs> and they, so all the kids fall on their knees like, please don't fuck us, Jeffrey Jones. I mean, don't kill us, Mad Max. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, Jeffrey Jones? And then he faints. <laughs> Ooh, what? <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, he's like, who are you talking about? That guy from, and it just passes out. He's like, I've been Beetlejuice. Your dad from Beetlejuice? <laughs> and then he takes a nap. I love Stay Tuned. And then he fucking falls to the ground. There's Bueller. <laughs> yeah, he passes out. And um, is it as he passes out, doesn't Erickson kind of come up with him? Yeah, yeah, Erickson and Manelli catch up. But, uh, 
you know, as they're approaching, it cuts back to the camp counselors basically shouting for help, trying to get help. And uh, just Manelli comes up. You don't actually see what happens to Erickson right away. He's just not there. And uh, Manelli, we're going to need some belp. He's like, he, he walks up. He's like, uh, I got the belp. Uh, who ordered the belp? <laughs> I got a hot plate of belp for you. So, yeah, Manelli walks up and um, they think they're going to get help. Um, and he kind of is he, like Manelli picks up Stern's like fucking limp ass body. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I'll take him and get him arrested. Blah, 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 blah. You, good job, kid. You stay here. Good job, kid. You stay here in the middle of this wilderness. I'll take this man up to that, that, up to an undisclosed location. Goodbye. FBI, by the way. So they see a helicopter and it flies, like, right over him. And they're, like, screaming. They're like, wait a second. Why didn't the helicopter stop for us? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking fucking uh, first blood on the back of my head. I was thinking that maybe it's Brad Vickers going to drop a rocket launcher off to Jill Valentine while she's fighting the tyrant, which is why he can't make any stops for those children. It's possible. Fucking long, tall Sally starts playing. Drop it off to Daniel Stern. He's like so fucked up from this cough syrup. He just drops it and just blows them both up. <laughs> the, the, the rocket launcher just hits him in the face and kills him instantly. Well, he'd be okay. You know, he took how many bricks to the face? <laughs> And an iron. Don't forget the iron. Cement bag. You know, you name it. He got hit by it. Right in the face. Right in the kisser. <laughs> so Palmer, Palmer Manelli, uh, Fatman, um, whatever we want to call him. Is his name Manelli or Palmer? I've been calling him Manelli the whole time. Well, we've been calling him Manelli or Palmer. It's kind of the same way we refer to people as either actors or their character names or as something else entirely. Yeah, like a fat fish that plays the saxophone from The Little Mermaid. Exactly. They're all the same. It's the same guy. So he, I believe he drags Daniel Stern off to this helicopter. He's kind of starting to come to. Um, and then out from this helicopter. It's funny because, like, this is supposed to be, like, a reveal because there's, like, a dramatic musical cue. And uh, the doctor from Silence of the Lamb steps out of this fucking helicopter. <laughs> Anthony Held. Yeah, Anthony Held. He's in fucking, uh, he's in Deep Rising, too. I love that film. Yeah, he's in He's in all of the, he's in pretty much all of the uh, Anthony Hopkins uh, Hannibal Lecter movies. He is, isn't he? Yes, he's in all, he's in, he's in Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and I believe he's in Hannibal? I haven't seen Hannibal in a minute. I gotta revisit Red Dragon and, and Hannibal. This is the Reinhardt Bragdon that... Daniel Stern is being blamed for killing, mind you. Yeah, and then Stern kind of comes to, and he's like, <gasps> "But uh, Ragden Reinhardt, where the fuck his name is? The stupid name." What about your teeths? And he's like, "At a million dollars a tooth, I could afford it." Meow, meow, meow. This okay, all right. Because they, because the, they, they found his teeth at the fucking crime scene. Yeah, but th- he said that I was like, "Wouldn't it be just easier to fucking falsify your dental records?" Like. You had all your teeth removed? <laughs> it's like a Cinco product. <laughs> I still don't know why he had to go through all this rigmarole. He was already rich. He could have just cut a fucking toe off. Get rid of the pinky. You don't need it. Yeah. I. I and first of all, if you had your teeth, all of them yanked out, let's say, for the sake of argument, just how this movie takes place, yesterday... You wouldn't be mobile. No. You'd be on a couch in agony, doped up on painkillers with cotton stuffed into your mouth so you wouldn't bleed out the rest of the day. <laughs> Especially in 1995. Yeah. You wouldn't be walking around getting on fucking helicopters. Unless he had these dentures that he claims to have now this entire time and he just had this fucking set of teeth sitting in a cup in his fucking office until the moment was right. Maybe. I, I guess, know. but like, again, like... One would hope that was the case because if he, if he was like... Well, 
Well, I got my all my teeth pulled out yesterday. I'm in blinding pain. I don't even know where I am. This movie's silly as shit, but like it doesn't reveal the semantics of anything. The crime? No, it does. No, that's that's yeah. It doesn't really give you a whole lot of background to how this all came together. So when he steps out of his helicopter, he's like. He's like, oh, my teeth? Well, for $1 million, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the, what do you okay. mean? You your teeth pulled? Yeah. <laughs> question mark? <laughs> By who? And then Palmer is like fucking, he, he's like, he's like, ah, oh, I'm in on it too. And fucking Dale Stern's like, oh, you mean you're the FBI guys? You know, oh. we're never like told what the deal is. Well, at some point, Manelli does mention that there's, you know, a million dollar uh, bounty essentially on this guy on who on Daniel Stern. There's a million dollar bounty on Daniel Stern, and I guess the idea is if you know he's going to help him take care of Daniel Stern, and now you know the kids, and then he's going to get this million dollar payoff from uh, Reinhard. Yeah, but that's not enough. Like. There's way more money involved here. Well, I don't think he realizes that. I think that's the implication. No, he totally realizes it because later he's got he's like helping him box the fucking money up. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what their end game is. Like, what was it? Just like just money and then run away? I guess. Well, you know, think about it this way: he conned Daniel Stern in for fifty bucks a package. He got this fucker in for a million bucks. <laughs> yeah, this this guy doesn't sound like the smartest criminal I've ever heard of. So, by the way, in these packages, there's ten. Boxes filled with $10 million each inside each of these boxes. And this guy doesn't seem like some kind of major gangster or anything. Like, Daniel Stern could have just, like, taken a few of these and just fucking, you know, hit the Bahamas. Yeah, I, right. He could have taken the money that fell out of the box when he jumped out of the fucking window. That, too, could have been fucking skedaddled. Uh, there's a lot of, like, weirdness and, and, and vagueness to, like, the crime aspect of this movie because I still don't know what, like, Bragdon's even trying to do. Yeah, I think he was, like, rich anyway. I don't know what's happening. He's here. probably doing the same thing the guy did in fucking In Pursuit. He's probably trying to dodge his taxes or some shit with the IRS. I'm going to put Daniel Stern in jail, but I'm going to give him some money maybe later because he's my son. But I'm actually going to give it to Manelli. <laughs> Bragdon's like, hello, son. <laughs> One million dollars a tooth for you, my son. Yeah, that's a, you can have your teeth pulled too. We'll be like father and son. <laughs> we'll be the denture brothers. <laughs> Daniel Stern's like, why'd you pick me? And he's like, because you're a fucking loser. And then fucking the cavalry shows up with a training bra. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're like, Kelsey, wow, your training bra is really coming in handy. This is like just like getting second base. That's disgusting. Well, they're flinging rocks out of the fucking thing. Yeah. And they, they KO uh, Palmer like right away. And then the problem is like their next move is telegraphed by at least 100 yards. Um, so they go to shoot at Brinehart, Brinehart, Bragdon. God damn it, his name's dumb. Reinhard Bragdon. He just fucking ducks and they just pelt Stern right in the head. And he goes off the cliff into the fucking Whitewater Rapids. Yup, and he, it's another shot where Daniel Stern's legs are the only thing you can look at because they're just all over the fucking place. Kevin Bacon's down there with a broken leg. The, uh, uh Burt Reynolds is down there too. So then the kids jump in after him? Is that what happens? Okay, stupid, but go on. They, they get kind of chased around, the kids. They, they run off, and, uh, you know, Minnelli and Reinhardt, they chase after him, and then they kind of get cornered against the cliff as Daniel Stern's just being, you know, thrown down this fucking rapid. And and they just kind of, like, moment of, hey, we're either going to get caught slash killed, or fuck it, let's at least try to get away, and they all jump. But they do make a point that Dana got separated, and, and they don't know where he went. Um, so they jump in the water, and we get... Uh 
a pretty run-of-the-mill movie uh, rapids action sequence where people are just tumbling through the fucking water. No barrels, though, for this one. Yeah, no yeah, no barrels and nobody's killing orcs. Nope. And meanwhile, the bad guys are just like, ah, fuck, man, these, ki- these kids have some balls. We don't. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Time to get in the helicopter. Bragdon's like, I can't do that. The, the temperature of that water would just send my dentures into fucking chaos town. But I say first blood. I was like, you know, I get it's a PG-13 film and not that I want it to end this way, but in the back of my head, I'm sitting there thinking, man, you're going to get Manelli with the sniper rifle hanging out the side of this chopper trying to fucking clip uh, Daniel Baldwin going down these rapids. pick these kids off. Yeah, them too. Why not? I mean, he's got extra bullets in the fucking chamber. Brighton's like, you get him yet? He's like, no, I hit three kids. He's going to fall out like a ton of fucking bricks, man. That helicopter tips over and just starts spinning. Oh, it's it's already on it, off its fucking axes and it's just like careening into a fucking pine tree. Brighton's like, will you hurry up? I'm having to compensate for your fat ass. So yeah, they get washed in these fucking rapids and it's kind of getting a little perilous but they all eventually kind of bunch together. They they collectively all catch up to uh, to Daniel Stern's character. The bad guys kind of get off in their helicopter and they fly away. And they're kind of giving, they're kind of chasing slash following what's going on. Just out of nowhere, uh, a, a fucking hand catches uh, Daniel Stern, and it's fucking Dana. Dana Barrett saves them. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver just shows up. Yeah, she's floating four <laughs> feet above the covers. No, it's 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 their friend Dana. Four feet above the water. He he grabs Daniel Stern's hand. They kind of have like a chain of Daniel Stern and all the other campers, and they pull each other all up. They're like, how'd you get here? He's like, shut up and grab my hand, you moron. Because the script said I had to be. Here we go. Yeah, the, this is, <laughs> the script displaced me and I found my way back. You ever see that movie Yesterday's Target? <laughs> I've got the screenplay. <laughs> Check it out. I found it with the Playboy in the woods. It says Gordy's gonna jump off a cliff later. I can't imagine why he's gonna do that. Um. So yeah, they, they make a little chain. They save themselves. Uh, and then uh, Kelsey, again, proving she's one of the more useful people in this group, goes like, throw your bags in the water. They'll think we're dead. Yeah, because there's like a waterfall literally like less than 100 yards further down the river where they were going. Yeah, so it, from from a very far perspective, it would look like it, it would look like bodies tumbling down more or less. And it sure does. And the and then these fucking guys in this helicopter are laughing maniacally. Yeah, they're like, ah, those children died. It's <laughs> <laughs> like fucking spy kids for God's sakes. All right, I get it. Like you're evil. Okay. Like, not only not only you're evil, but, like, from the bad guy's perspective, all right? I'm playing devil's advocate here, so hear me out. They have to kill all of these people so nobody... So there's no witnesses, right? So they can get away with it. I don't think, like, I don't think I'd be happy about that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think I'd be happy with, with, with five to seven... Uh, pieces of collateral damage for all miners. Yeah, on my on my conscience, and they're just like that was hilarious. Bye. Yeah. Mm, did you see those kids tumble over the waterfall? Mm. And you know what? And Manelli kind of is contradicting himself because in this scene he's like all about it, cheering and fucking clapping the other guy's hand, and then like later on in the movie he's like, I w- I didn't want to kill any kids. I didn't shoot anybody. Not yet, anyway. Like, I've had this sniper rifle the whole film, and I've never actually uh, you know fired it. Well, because Erickson will jump out of a fucking uh, a tree and 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 <laughs> or jump out from any location because I think Erickson's like a coiled, uh, coiled spring the whole time. No ranger scouts on my watch. I may I, I built some stuff a, a flying machine out of some uh, bear droppings and some <laughs> pine needles. It'll take you as far as Bixby. So so they're all, so they're all safe on the bank and they're like now what fucking hard cut to like a fucking torrential downpour and they're all like walking with like no packs or like cover or anything and then they fucking duck out into a cave and fucking stay there for the night around the fire oh yeah and they're like uh well you'll be uh, one of them I, this fucking killed me i think it's dana or one of them says to him it's like 
because um, after they ask him if they'd still be the scoutmaster afterwards, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, and I think Dana walks up and goes, if they give you the electric chair, you should put a light bulb in your mouth like Uncle Fester. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. Shut up, kid. All these kids are like, all right, let's make a plan and go kill him. Yeah, we'll rip his head off or whatever, like the fucking, like, Bragdon. And Dana Storm's like, whoa, what are you talking about? And he's like, you're not coming with me. And they're all like, yeah, we are, man. We're sticking this out through the end. And he's like, okay, it's your funeral. He's like, what? And he goes, nothing. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Storm's basically just like, well, I can't stop you. Come on. Yeah, I- I'm a very irresponsible adult. Sorry, sorry. Hang on a second. We totally forgot to acknowledge the fact that Erickson has been handcuffed to a fucking redwood. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, I forgot to mention this because the because the consistent cuts back to him getting out of the situation again are some of my favorite parts of this movie. Like he's been handcuffed to a redwood, and he he looks up and he's like, yeah, <laughs> and he starts to fucking scale this tree like with just his like thighs and wrists basically, and breaks off like branches and shit, clipping off branches on his way up. This thing is huge. And he's just climbing it effortlessly, basically. He's taking his sweet-ass time, but he's not really sweating the whole situation. You cut back to where the FBI is all set up at the bottom of the mountain. And, uh, you know, Gordy's mom is kind of, you know, just trying to, you know, wait for some good news. And she reaches into her pocket and she pulls out the uh, the napkin, the La Paz postcards. We referred to it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to open this up. And she's like, Devil's Peak, huh? It's all gum inside it and shit. Yeah. So, so so cut to her running into her car, going through some fucking, going through some like real estate books because apparently she's a real estate agent. What the fuck is this about? I don't know. I, I guess she looks through it all night because come morning she rushes up to Judge up to Judge Reinhold and she's just like, "Hey, hey, I, I've got some information about where they might be going." And this guy's like, <laughs> "Shut up and sit down." She's like. I know where the kids are going. Up on Devil's Peak, there's a cabin there. I know because I'm a real estate agent, and it's been on the market for the past three years or some shit. Yeah, I don't know what what this has to do with anything. No, and I'm like, what the fuck? She says that, and the guy's like, you know, piss off or whatever, and she literally well, yeah. grabs the guy and rips him out of his, rips him out of his chair and is like, listen, buddy, like I have like the only clue that you you. You don't have any clues, and I have a clue right here, and you're not even going to acknowledge it. Like, we're going up there. And he's like, uh, fuck you. Oh, that's right. And it's, it's slam cuts to her driving by herself. because She's like, either you help me or I'm going up there by myself. Cut to she's by herself. In the Hummer. Yeah, in Erickson's Hummer, right? That's what she takes. And she drives right up to the fucking cabin. Like, seemingly in no time. And, like, the fucking FBI have just been diddly dallying down by the edge of the cliff the whole fucking time. Well, I think it's supposed to mean that, like, it's incompetent and, like, Palmer has been, like lying to them or whatever. Right, because they're waiting to hear back from him. Even the local police are just walking around with their thumbs in their belts going like, well, it's going to rain later. Nothing I can do. Where's the snowballs? Well, you know, you cut back to Max and the kids, and Max is kind of surveying this landscape they need to climb. And it, it looks like something out of, like, uh, fucking Super Meat Boy or some shit. It's, yeah, Tom Cruise is dangling from the fucking side of it. Sylvester Stallone's there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> what, what, what is it, Carrie Always and fucking um, uh, Manny Patinkin are there, too? Yeah, and fucking Ace Ventura. Andre the Giants climb up the side, and they're, just, they're all just like, hello! <laughs> well, they're climbing this mountain, and all the kids are like, hey, it's just like at your mom's house and, and daniel stern's like uh okay guys focus whatever that means anyway so yeah they like they 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 start to climb this thing and this is where it gets to the point where this is the only part of the movie i had any kind of like vague familiarity with because this is from the fucking poster in the trailer that i saw as a kid <laughs> well wait before that 
they, they come to a ledge. They run on a ledge. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that happens. And then, uh, who is, I'm Who's the kid who climbed Kilimanjaro? The kid from Heavyweights. Barnhill. Barnhill, yeah. Like, they get to this this part of the cliff, and he's like, he's like, what do we do? There's no more ledge. We can't walk if there's no more ledge. When, now, back when they threw the packs in the uh, the river, like, he made it a point to say, no, my, my my stuff is in there, like, my gear or something like that. His gear he used to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> yeah, he he opens his fucking bag, and he's like, here's some pins, here's a hammer, here's some rope, and you gotta pit, and you gotta hammer the pins in there, uh, and then you're gonna tie around your waist, and you're gonna belay yourself off. And he's like, belay myself off? Belay myself off? Belay myself off? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me right now. Tell me right now to my face. Did you climb Mount Kilimanjaro? And he's like, oh, yeah, totally. I sure I sure did. And he's like, no, really. Tell me right now. I won't be mad. I swear to God. And he's like, no, I did. So then fucking uh, Daniel Stern like runs and jumps off and fucking marves into the side of this fucking cliff face. Dude, he paint cans into the fucking <laughs> cliff side. Oh, for sure. Like with the scream and everything. I'm really glad that. To my knowledge, they never come out and say this kid didn't climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I like that. He Well, in the beginning, he's like, well, of course my dad can't come with us because he's a fucking spy or some shit. Yeah, and just everything he says just happens to be true and no one can challenge him on it because he keeps backing up everything he says. And this just happened to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, I can't challenge you because look what just happened. So then they all climb up to the top and then... Uh, and then they, they, again, come into a situation where they have to get across from one ledge to the other one. So... It's a fucking, it's a gap between two ledges. There's a gap between two fucking cliffs, like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not, it's, it's perilous. So, like, Daniel Stern is, I, I don't know how, I can't remember how he does this, but he fucking ends up with his long-ass body making a human bridge from one side to the other, and these kids just walk over him. Yeah, it's just like a stern bridge, and fucking Fishman's like, you know, with your body, man, you can you can hold this position for another three minutes, and he's like, great, take your time. Yeah, <laughs> walk slower. And then they fucking leave him there, and there's a gag from the trailer, I'm pretty sure, and he's like, oh, very funny, <laughs> come and get me. And then they get to the cabin, I believe, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so they, they, inside, I believe Palmer and, uh, uh, Bragdon are counting money. Um, and that's when, I think, that's when Sean even said, Palmer's like, I didn't want to kill any children today, blah, 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 blah. Right, you know, they, they, they come up and, you know, right before they arrive on the scene, you know, Gordy's mom came up, like Joe was saying earlier, and, uh, you know, she goes and knocks on the door, and Reinhardt's, like, right there and kidnaps her, and he's got her in a fucking chair with the tape over the mouth. So they see this inside. Oh, yeah, and so Stern runs up, and he's, like, uh, he goes to save her, and he takes the tape off her mouth, and she's like, you lying! And he's like, okay, tape back over the mouth. And she's tied in, like, 11 billion knots. Like, there's more rope on her that you could, you could ever need to tie someone down. And Stern's like, oh, man, which which knot is this? And that's, what I think, when Bragdon comes back in. And he, I can't remember what kind of fucking knot it was, but he's like, I learned that in Scouts. Cloverfield or some shit? Yeah, like, like we really needed that connection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what does that add to this movie? <laughs> like, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be unseated by Boy Scouts? Oh, my God, he used to be a Boy Scout. Fuck, he, he, he's gonna be tough. Uh, and then fucking at one point, like, Erickson, like gets free and then jumps out of a tree right before fucking Palmer fucking shoots these kids and like knocks them out. Yeah, he's like a fucking cat. Like he's just sitting up in these goddamn branches. Like you don't know how he got there, but I'm just assuming he just like he he jumped up like a tiger or like a, a puma. Yeah, because right before that, Manelli, he's like outside loading shit into the truck and he like stops and he can hear them bickering. The last ten million at fucking ten o'clock on the dot and fucking on January tenth at fucking ten fucking p.m. Wait, and where my gun with 10 bullets? 
and my my doctor told me I'm ten pounds from death. <laughs> I'm ten clicks away from a fucking heart attack. Yeah, it's like it's like DC with number fifty two, but with far less meaning. Which is funny because I'm not sure what the fifty two means for DC either. Beats me. So they crazy glue this fucker to a tree. Yeah, they 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 fucking crazy glue him to a tree after Erickson pounces on him like a fucking cat. And then uh, yeah, inside, uh, like I said, Dana Stern's trying to free Maggie. It, it, Maggie? It beats me. Gordy's mom. Gordy's mom. Yeah, Gordy's mom. Uh, Bragdon. That's when Bragdon's like, I was a Boy Scout too. Blah. Uh, and then he kind of takes him out in the deck. And he's going to shoot them and push them over a cliff. And I'm like, okay, he works for Bane. But why would he shoot him before throwing him off a cliff? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't fly so good. He didn't fly so good. Puts his fucking fingers in his pockets. CIA. <laughs> <laughs> right before he does, right before he can get a shot off, though, Gordy runs out in this fucking deck. Fucking trips over this fucking fucked up boardwalk plank. Gordy taps into the fucking speed force and rushes in and knocks his gun <laughs> out of this guy. You're telling me this guy couldn't turn this gun a, a little bit slower and blow this kid's fucking brains out? I was going to say, like, either Gordy is the fastest man who's ever lived, or Bragdon has, like, the reaction speed of, like, a fucking, I don't know, a sloth who's covered in molasses. Like, <laughs> he, he, can't, he can't turn around and defend himself, even after this kid runs and trips over a piece of wood and then, like, just f- sails his body into them and sails over the fucking side of the fucking cliff. Yeah, and gets, like, a... Fu- it, it is... It is, again, like the fucking steamroller from Austin Powers. This kid starts start running, and Bragdon's like, what? Yeah, but but he's, he's like, 30 feet away from Bragdon and his mom and Daniel Stern, and he trips on this fucking piece of wood, and he goes flying fucking 20 feet into the air over them over the cliff i would say yeah like the piece of the, the piece of the piece of wood is like three steps into his run yeah and he, he hits this thing and just sails it is like a fucking is a fucking flying crossbody from like several feet away bragdon like freaks out because this kid just flew over the cliff like on his own accord <laughs> And he just drops his gun and runs away. Then Stern's like, check for child, fight Bragdon, and goes to fight Bragdon. And he fucking punches his dentures out. <laughs> Jumps on him and punches his fucking dentures out. <laughs> <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, so, spoiler, Gordy's not dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, Gordy is fine. Um, he's hanging on to a, uh, I have to say, a very fake-looking branch hanging off this fucking mountain. A branch? It's like a fucking tree jutting out from the side of this rock it it looks like a broomstick that's been decorated but like with extra like extra bulk um it's so it's so rigid like it looks like a fucking like a big old like a cone that's been decorated so and then uh dana stern goes full cliffhanger or ace ventura trying to save a raccoon either one hang on little buddy hang on little buddy um traumatizing dozens of kids everywhere i I, you know what i was a little traumatized after watching this movie because i'm sitting there thinking man daniel stern's got some fucking grip man because he's holding on to this like very sleek looking rock. He's got fingers of steel, man. He fucking just shoved them right into the rock and gripped it. It's almost as if they, uh, you know, built it into the rock for him to hold on to. But yeah, he, he's he's basically, if you can even envision it without actually seeing it, it, it's basically like this rock where Daniel, I keep wanting to call him Daniel Baldwin and I know that's you wrong. You almost <laughs> called him Daniel Baldwin. And I, it wouldn't be actually, early in the movie, you did call him Daniel Baldwin. I was like, I'll let that one go. I fucking think it's hilarious. <laughs> I just let him roll with it because I think it's funny. Yeah. I've been... So Daniel Stern, he's, 
he's holding onto this rock, and you just picture like basically he's got his his hand held all the way above his head, and he's like barely holding onto that, and he's like got the rest of his body barely reaching this uh, this this stick that Connor just described, and it, you know it's it, it's over like what fifteen hundred foot fucking drop. Oh, it's it's a terrifying looking fall. Yeah, and he, you know he he looks more scared than the kid does. Yeah, Gordy's like I'm good. <laughs> I'm just I'm just happy I didn't die when I jumped. They kind of do that thing where it's like Daniel Stern is talking to Gordy and he's saying, you know, ah, oh, you know, you're going to have to let go and grab my hand. But like as he's saying it, Daniel Stern also lets go of like where he's holding to kind of get closer to the kid. So he's kind of like telling himself to do it. Yeah, but like the physics of this scene just don't work at all. <laughs> They should both be fucking splattered on the side of this fucking cliff face. Well, yeah, even if Gordy managed to to even come within reach of that tree, like, he was falling. He would have just fucking crashed right through it and kept going. At, 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 like, the angle that Daniel Stern is at, like, holding onto this rock, there's no fucking way he could support the weight of that child. No. They would both tumble to their deaths. Yeah, he would just slip and fucking fall. He just fucking throws Gordy back up on the rock and then climbs up himself. Yeah. At, at basically, as it's as it's breaking, he grabs him and it breaks and he throws him up. So, so, yeah, Daniel Stern somehow manages to maneuver on this, like, two and a half inches of fucking wood uh, to, to get this kid on this, on this sleek, uh, flat-as-hell rock that he's holding on to. And, uh, you know, they, they go up and they go up to the mom and she's like, of course, you know, a minute ago she hated the guy. And now she's like, oh, thank God. Thank you, Daniel Stern. He's like, I know a guy named Angelo who said I can adopt you as a family. <laughs> it's my way of saying thank you. You can be my new wife. Yeah. Hello. You're my wife now. Hi, you're my wife and my kid now because I saved your son. And you're <laughs> I've drafted you. <laughs> Fuck it. This is how this works in the MDU, man. So, yeah, Bragdon and Palmer are captured, if you didn't, if you thought this movie was heading for a bad ending. I don't know why. And they would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling kids and that fucking Daniel Stern. Stupid Boy Scouts and their, and their ridiculously manly Scoutmaster, who kind of actually is the one who kind of walks up and congratulates everybody. Um, and isn't, isn't, he, isn't he giving a speech on the mountainside, and doesn't it kind of... It doesn't it dissolve into uh, the badge ceremony? Sure does. Let me tell you something. Daniel Stern isn't getting an award. He is still going <laughs> he's still going to jail for for kidnapping these kids. Like you know what I mean? Like they're not just gonna be like, all's forgiven because you weren't really responsible. Well, you know, they could've they could have had him in the back of the fucking patrol car and you know, uh Gordy mom could have went I'm like, ah, drop all charges. I mean maybe. But then all the other parents would have to do that, so I don't know. I th- I think I think I think the problem is there's like there's like four other sets of parents who are who could be like, I'm suing the fuck out of you. Yeah, he's like fucking yelling at them out the window. He's like he's like that's W E T B A N D I T S You'll know who I am. <laughs> but they do give him this fucking medal. And, and I'm sitting there wondering, so did they have to do this for Gordy's mom to get to be a scout leader? Or was it only for, you know, Max? Man, fucking Daniel Stern gets a medal, but Chewie sat there like a fucking <laughs> like, a, like a fucking man and just sat there and accepted. And he looks like Uncle Eddie in this fucking scene with the hair slicked back. He sure does. He's he's got He's, again, somehow in an outfit that's still too small for him. It's like this blue jacket or some shit like that. And I want to note, they, they, they give these kids a fucking rank one eagle, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, again, I'm not no Boy Scout expert, but uh, from my understanding is an eagle is, like, one of the highest ranks you can get, and they're 10. They deserve it. It's also, like, they said, he also says, like, he also says, like, and you skip a rank and go right up to the top. It's like, wow, that must really suck for everybody else. 
But they also they also uh, routed some criminals and faced death. So sure, give it to him. So yeah, he's their new scoutmaster, and he's not in prison for some reason. No, but but he must have to do community service because fucking because Erickson's like, oh, you're gonna your next one is Yosemite, and he's like he's like, oh great kids, you hear that? We're having an overnight in Yosemite. He's like, not just your kids, all the children in the world. <laughs> All the kids that were fucking gonna break their piggy banks for Santa come running up the fucking up to the stage. Yeah, Sam Whipple comes in with them hand in hand. <laughs> come on, children. <laughs> Kid, wake up, wake up, wake up. We're going to Yosemite with Daniel Stern. Break open your life savings that your family could have used. Give it to Erickson. Young Connor from 1995 is there. He's like, not you, Connor. Your mother said you can't come. <laughs> Yeah, based, more or less, yeah. Probably. Whatever, I'm going to listen to my Godhead album. Oh, they weren't around then. <laughs> Besides, I, I wasn't listening to that kind of music until I was old enough to have angst. I'm just busting your balls. <laughs> and I'm I'm fighting it with facts, okay? Uh, so, so then the movie ends as all these children surround Daniel Stern and you get one more scream. This movie ends with what could be one of my worst nightmares ever, actually, being swarmed by a bunch of screaming children, because I've worked too much retail, and they, they frightened me. Oh, I thought you were going to say a freeze frame of Daniel Stern's face. Yeah, that's just that's what you see every time you shut your eyes at night before you go to bed. <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's, it's my waking nightmare every day. I close my eyes, just Daniel Stern. It's like some Hellraiser shit. You're just seeing him being torn apart, and he's just like, Jesus, what? While, while Godhead is playing over it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, and it ends on that freeze frame, and there's more of that weird music that's been playing the music, the movie that sounds kind of like the Superman theme, but kind of not. It's like fart rock and organ. I don't even know what it is. Weird guitar. Cut to credits. So where are we putting this, guys? Um, I'll go first because I have I don't know a weird answer to this. Um, so it's it's shelf, I guess. But like I don't I don't want to put in the dumpster because it's not it's certainly not that bad. It's it's I was a little bored with the um. The, the Daniel Stern centered hijinks because as an adult, there's only so much physical comedy I can take before. I'm like, I've seen this before. This is this is nothing new to me. Um, uh, also, this is still somewhat geared towards kids' movies. Uh, kids, and like, I'm still kind of in that part where like kids' movies are just kind of hard for me to watch unless they're really fucking good. Um, I don't know if I would ever watch it again on my own volition, but this is so inoffensive, I can't come up with anything truly bad to say about it. Cause it's not terrible. It's rather amusing, um, and I like all the tertiary stuff. So yeah, it's a shelf movie, but I don't know if I would ever go revisit it again. But if I would, but I found someone who's like, I've never seen Bushwhacked, and I'm like, yeah, go watch it for a really interesting Daniel Stern performance because he thinks he's being Marv. Yeah, this is a shelf movie for me. Um, it's uh, again, like you, I I'm gonna have to agree with you. Like, it's not amazing, but um. It's not awful either. I don't think it could possibly bother anybody. No, I mean, I mean, I, I have fond memories of this as a kid, like when it came out. Um, and I just really love Daniel Stern. <laughs> I mean, I love fucking Little Monsters, Home Alone, fucking uh, Rookie of the Year, like all of that shit. I just love everything that Daniel Stern's in. So I fucking forgot he's in Rookie of the Year. Holy shit. He directed and wrote it. He sure did. Oh my God. He's the he's the wacko. Um, ah, he's the guy who gets stuck behind the gate all the time, isn't he? The uh... He's the trainer. He's like the pitcher trainer. Yeah. And he's, and he's in City Slickers too, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just love Daniel Stern and the comedy fucking on point here for me i think the the um you know the situational and the, and the physical comedy is fucking great some of the writing is really funny yeah completely unoffensive on the shelf 
I'd watch it again. I'm going to say this is a dumpster movie, but it's like surface level. Ah, yeah. Like, if that was going to be me if I had to put in the dumpster. Like, just like, an, eh. Because, like, I, I don't know if I put this on the shelf. Like, I don't think I like it that much. But it's, you know, it's harmless. And, and you know, there's enough in there that I did like. Uh, that I, I don't really want to shit on it, but I don't think I would necessarily go out to the store and buy it. Even in the, you know, in the metaphysical sense, even. Not even a thrift store for, like, 25 cents? Yeah, you know what? I, I'd throw them a buck, even, you know? I, 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 you know, maybe it's the eggshell crate on the uh, side of the dumpster just to give it a little bit of the buffer <laughs> between the shelf and the dumpster. Uh, you know, right in there with your uh, play duck magazines. <laughs> so hypothetically, if like a coworker was like, I got a bunch of movies I'm giving away. Do you want them? And you're yeah, like, Bushwhack yeah, Bushwhack would be in that. one of them. And you're like, oh, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll keep this. Like, <laughs> And a couple of these. And he fucking grabs some pornos. Yeah, the, the porno and Bushwhack, I'll take them. Why not? No case of beer? Only if it's uh, Meisterburger. <laughs> Meisterburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take a Meisterbrow and a Meisterburger. Uh, what? Toys? People are playing with toys? Not Connor. No, he got fucking Meisterburger straight up. Sam Whipple came up to him and said, not for you. <laughs> playing with my Power Rangers toys right in front of me. Look, the head's flip when you press the belt. <laughs> Look, he's Tommy. Look, he's David Jason <laughs> David Frank. Now he's the Green Ranger. Not for you. It's a good thing my mom especially never hear these episodes. That's the third movie in a row we've done that I've had a shelf movie. So we'll see what the fuck happens next week. Yeah, maybe people think we're getting too soft. Yeah, well, I'm sure that'll change soon. (laughs) I don't know. We just did Bunraku. I don't think that's pretty soft. So that's it. That's Bushwhacked from 1995, directed by Greg Beeman. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean. And make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joe Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Oh, that's a ticket. A little spritz of cool, clean mountain rain. Shake your lizard, let it drain. Move your hips and spell your name. Send it straight and send it hard. Now a sword fight, go out of I got some bad news for you, Palmer. That ain't rain.